0: okay it's monday we're back hello everyone um thank you all for caring uh before i introduce you to everybody i mean you already know who these people are uh they barely need introduction at this point uh we've got hit a thousand subscribers as of technically last week we didn't mention it then but mention it now we can now monetize these videos fully uh but for your sake (laughs) and for our sake we aren't doing it yet (laughs) uh good guy yeah no it's also because i haven't got the inkling to do it so far but you know
1: some of us need just, money just, just just wait till the uh to the ads and the uh the the um sponsored content start coming in yeah. but i'm sure one day now i'll be uh here showing something off to you yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and that's that...
2: the only fans link
1: <laughs> yes yeah, true actually yeah that is still waiting to come
0: um and, and by the way, I should probably announce at this time, this uh, stream is sponsored by this piece of foam right here. Um, anyway, uh, so, should we get into the main topic today? Uh, well, firstly, Carlo, how are exactly.
1: you actually doing? <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah. right. Um, I've been pretty busy working on um, some tournament functionality, which I promised to Titus, uh, because uh, obviously Simon um, have decided that, or Asmodee, I don't know quite, it, the The line is always incredibly blurry. Somewhere, it has somewhere. been deemed from up on high that basically every national tournament outside of the LGT, because we are too important, so they don't tell us what to do. <laughs> um, every, every national tournament is running a top cut into something afterwards. Um, So I've been building functionality for the tournament site to be able to perform a top cut um, on top of having done Swiss rounds, which, believe me, is exceptionally complex. Swiss pairings are already pretty complex. To Then run a Swiss pairing at the same time, as also pairing people in their tournament bracket is harder than I even thought it would be, and I already thought it was going to be hard. But it's most of the way done, so it will be coming to a site near you sometime soon once it's been tested.
2: Soon, TM.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes. That is really, a classic. Like, this is me actually promising soon so will happen, unlike when Mickey says, I'll do something soon and two years later it's still not done.
0: What are we waiting on now? Is it still the... Uh, yeah, no, I know what it is. Yeah, I should probably get that sorted now. Now that I can actually earn money by doing it, it's totally worth it whereas before, not worth it, didn't earn any money. That's totally why I didn't do it, not because uh, of other things. Ooh.
1: But yeah, that's uh, that's been me. I've also tried to find a bit of time to uh, play some TTS games and uh, been getting absolutely thumped, as <laughs> per usual. Classic. <laughs> as as has been the trend for the past six months or so, I uh, I'm getting absolutely fucking schooled. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've I've nothing to
0: add to that. Yeah, you uh you you did get schooled, <laughs> uh, Clarence. Then um you uh. Hmm. You've had a busy week, I've heard, uh, which leads us into basically the first topic, right? Uh, but how have yep. you been this last week? You've been well?
2: I've been good. You know, um, because I had the summer off, I had a lot of time to plan and prepare for my event that happened this weekend. So really, it was just making sure that all the moving parts were in line, and they were. So I got to say that uh, overall, I was pretty not stressed. I-, I shouldn't say that. You know, Friday night, day before the tournament, um, I was in the Ottawa and uh, I was at a friend's place sleeping, and I woke up at 4 a.m. randomly, and then I couldn't go back to sleep. And I, I I just had thoughts about, like, the next day and, like, oh, I have to give an opening speech and say things and be in front of a crowd. And I don't know why. did The anxiety just forbade me from going back to bed. But everything was there. You know, I thought maybe I would have forgotten to bring a trophy or a plaque or something, but, no, I brought it all, and it was pretty good. So, no, I, I had a busy... You know, summer, I guess, preparing little bits and bobs, but uh, the actual week out was not, not a big problem. Cool. It does strike me, that that anxiety
0: thing does strike me as a as a strange one, given what your job is, uh, standing in front of True. people and talking to them, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's different, right? It's different when you, you're doing it with peers and stuff. So, you know, and, you know, it's an event that you've invested a lot of time and effort into. So you don't want to mess it up, as you say. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So go on then. Uh... Go on this long diatribe. Tell us how the event went from an organization perspective. Tell me your least favorite player to attend the event because they ran a silly <laughs> list that you hate. Tell me, uh, apparently, that Starks are amazing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so... Um, um, yeah, we had 20 players purchase tickets. And mm-hmm. then um, just a few days prior, as expected, a few, we had a few drops. We had, we had 18 turnout out over at all. And uh, I was really worried that we might even get less because what if people just don't inform me and don't show up? Um, Mm -hmm. The goal was to always have at least 16. And I'm thankful that we did have 18 come up on the the day of. Um, uh, Everyone showed up pretty much on time. I'm going to get into the one person who was late in a moment. Um, And... uh, started the first round pairings and uh for whatever reason it wouldn't create the first round matchup so i had to take 10 minutes to like manually i don't know i don't know why you know i don't know i'm gonna take a wild
1: guess here that you were selecting um, avoid same club pairings yes it it just for some reason it often breaks on round one
2: Every other round, no problem. Round yeah. one, a little bit of stress because I gave the big speech, said, good luck, have fun, check your app. And everyone's like, what am I looking for? And I was like, nothing's geez. happened to parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, right away, right away, got to put out some fires. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't a big deal. Everyone was pretty patient. And um, we followed this, the schedule that the other games were running, the other games being mainly 40K and Fantasy. Uh, sorry, of Sigma which meant that we had very generous two-and-a-half-hour ramp. So, uh, you know, the fact that we did 10-minute delay really didn't make much of a difference. So uh, of the 18 players, 17 came on time. One person didn't show up. So I messaged them. It was Sean Emberly. Uh, so I hate to call him <laughs> out, but it's a bit of a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah, know, that right? guy. So it seems to be a trend, <laughs> some random trend with Sean, I guess. Um, I messaged him at 10 to eight, which is when the first round started. And, uh, he messaged me back very quickly and said, my air, my alarm didn't work. And your message is what woke me up. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh <shit. laughs> you're not anywhere close to here then. He's like, yeah. Um, I said, you should still try and make it if you can. He said, I will. Uh, what's going to happen to me round one. And I said, Oh, you know, you'll probably just have to take a loss. He's like, that's fair. I'm going to be late. You know, I'll, I'll still make it though. So I tell the person who's missing his opponent, you know, I'll play you just to keep you occupied. Um, I may have to do judging stuff, but, like, you know, I'll still entertain you with the new Motel stuff. So we set up, and we're about to deploy when Sean rolls in with his Free Folk. And I'm like, this is being, like, 15 minutes later, maybe, since I messaged him. I said, you're here. He's like, yeah, I live five minutes away. And I was like, what? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, of course. I played at Adepticon, I played at Gen Con, and the one time a tournament is around corner i late, which was <laughs> amazing. So he, he managed to come in on time. His opponent said, Yeah, I don't mind. I mean I could take the win, but I'd rather play. So I'd rather play a real tournament game. And he um, he graciously let, let Sean play the, the round out. I think they still had an hour 45 left. So still plenty of time I hope to get a real game in. Mm-hmm.
1: Um that was There's a start. The game, the game went to points on table, right? Did it? Did it go to time? Yes. Or did it go to the sixth that's correct. round? correct.
2: Yes, it was a tie. His opponent, uh, Phil. His name's Balrog. Balrog mm-hmm. on the, the site, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was. It was actually uh, Sean managed to stranglehold the objectives early game, um, and Phil had a very aggressive list. Triple Castle really Knights with the mountain, and was mm-hmm. able to like burst down the units uh, over the course of the game, and eventually claw back some points and was able to uh, win with the points on the table. So yeah, it was, um it was very, very close at the end.
1: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it ju- I, I just, uh, it was interesting that uh, it, it was interesting that you said that Sean was late. It was interesting that I think it's interesting that it's the only game that he lost um, because, because I was actually already interested in how well Sean would do him being somebody that I played at US Nats Also Even when the event kicked off, we'll talk about, like, lists and entries and stuff like that. People mentioned that there was only one Mance player. And I was already interested to follow how well Sean would do and then went on to see that he did lose that first round, that it was a very close game, that he then went on to come second, you know? So, um, yeah. uh, His,
2: his His opponent at the end of the tournament said to me, he said, you know... I think if he came on time and wasn't flustered, he probably yeah. would have beat me. Yeah. And uh, it would have probably been Sean and one of the
1: Quebecers in the finals. So, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's I, I can speak I think from personal did. experience that um, Sean, Sean was also very hurried and flustered when he played me. So I can imagine um, that, that that would have, you know, really, really knocked him off his game. But uh, yeah, just interesting because you know I was uh, I was interested to see how he would do as like uh, my own one personal reference point for you know the two events and uh, kind of comparing them skill wise and uh, player wise and stuff like that. Hmm.
2: Yeah. So uh, aside from that, it was a pretty smooth event overall. Uh, it was actually really nice because even though I was circulating and giving out like um, uh, time warnings here and there. I had maybe one or two uh, rules questions each round, and most of them were super straightforward and easy, and, like, I knew the answer right away. There was no, like, confusion, weird and um, And, yeah, I was actually graping a TO. No stress, no arguments. Everyone seemed to get along pretty well for the most part. Um, yeah, so I had, a, I had a really good time. Yeah. That's a win-win. Yeah, can't complain at that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, then. Awesome.
0: Awesome stuff. Um, so... Uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out because uh, we saw another Stark winner. Uh, anyone who uh, who hasn't seen Evil Morty, uh, Sam Sam Stoll, won with his uh, Starks again, which is kind of like a, a random callback to uh, Luke, uh, obviously in the US, Gen Con. Um, and it's two major North American events now, won by Stark players, which I think is quite interesting. Um, and uh, also, personal shout-out to this man down here, and I'm on the list. Shane from Boardman Gaming, who made it out to an event, which I'm really glad he did. Because uh, that is a man that I am, I am just, I really want to spend a long time with him talking about lots of things. Uh, and I love it that he's playing in events and uh, also repping Starks. So clearly, uh, <laughs> Starks where it's at, yeah. all the cool people play Starks. So there
2: you go. Yeah, it was really interesting because I had um, a stream going on table one. And mm-hmm. there was like a streamer's curse where like whoever won on stream would lose the next round essentially. So mm-hmm. <laughs> round one, it was um Rick and uh, Gordy, uh, Gamma. Yeah. And Gamma, you know, put on a pretty pretty good showing with his great joys and just uh gray joys and showed, you know, how they can out control a stark player. Mm-hmm. Um and then he ended up playing Mitch, who ran Targaryens round two. He lost to Mitch, is like I think gray worm list that was very just aggressive and punchy. And then Mitch went on to play Alex um, round three. And I want to talk about Alex's list a lot because it was uh, terrifying on the table to see and very unconventional. You know, I um, I actually think that the group, Lords of the North group that came from Quebec, brought some very unconventional uh, lists. Um, and I think they're worth looking at and talking about. So this is Alex's list. Uh, it's essentially the same list twice. He just changes the NCUs. Mm-hmm. And he ran just mass uh, Queensmen, sorry, mass Queensmen, with stagnant nobles, and he's got one little battery of healing with stormcore mercenaries at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so one variation has Tycho and Varys. I'm assuming it's just a more healing, resilient kind of list. And his other version is more aggressive with um, Mel and Jack and for the double casino. And um, you know, if I had looked at that list, I would have said I don't think it's that good. Activations, it's slow, it has no range, doesn't move, you no, know, has no cav, has no archery. Yeah, sure, it's got Mel, but if you play into Targaryens or Night's Watch, it shouldn't really be a big deal. And he dismantled everyone he played except for the finals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think his second game, he ran into Night's Watch, no conscripts, all seven point units, so veterans, sword rows, hunters. And I guess it was just the casino won that day. The casino won, and he his opponent Ethan just failed every one of seven tips he could. Was taking mass damage, and the veterans who never I think fought just got nuked by Mel and Jack and back to
3: Yeah,
2: but uh, it's crazy, you know. I mean, I've never even really seen the Stagnite Noble in a competitive game since the balance patch. I'd say, mm-hmm. but I actually didn't even know what he did. Like a two point attachment almost never see them uh
0: go down fighting iron unresolved stubborn tenacity for anyone who uh, isn't sure on the knight nobles um yeah it's an interesting thing um i've got my own opinion of the list uh very much so (laughs) i know um i think this is the kind of list where as an opponent I, I, I literally look at it and go, I'm not killing you. Like This, this to me, is what I saw in 1.6. This is how ex- exactly the kinds of lists I used to see in 1.6 Baratheon Rose Knight spam. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm not killing you. How do I win the game? Yeah, I, I just abandon the idea, like, if I make yeah. an attack against you, it's either an attack because I had nothing better to do, and I genuinely had nothing better to do, and I didn't mind giving you options, or it's against the Stormcrow mercenaries. <laughs> I am, yeah. I am not charging a unit of raiders into Queen's men to tie you up if I can avoid it. Even that, like for me as a free foot player, is a no go. Um, that feels but what very. What did it face?
1: Hmm? What did it face each round?
0: Let's have a look. It saw a neutral list from Arturnus. Um,
1: which. Uh... I, I don't, I don't think the neutrals have the capability to face that list. No, yeah, yeah.
0: Don't think they do. Uh Feast of Crows against Night's Watch. I think I think the Feast of Crows is interesting.
1: Um Yeah, Fe Feast, Feast is Interesting is quite a slow scoring game mode, uh, which really does favour this list.
0: mm mm-hmm. yep. But I mean and with mm-hmm. the Mel Casino, you can like push the Night's Watch back off the court's piles perhaps. I can see that getting a getting an early lead uh from a maybe like an early kill and the Night's Watch player can't really regain it. Um
1: well no, that's be interesting because because Feast of Crows is actually a very interesting mode where an mm-hmm. early kill actually puts you um into the it, 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 it puts you behind. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. now your your opponent is scoring two points around from having placed the corpse pile firmly within their control zone. But that's like so, you could
0: you could comfortably walk one of these uh, Queen's Quite men onto an objective. You can separate them out one at a time, and I don't think uh I don't necessarily right. think even
1: being alone mm-hmm. is a bad thing. Yeah, uh, interest, uh, that's actually an interesting mode that I'd like to see it into.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, wiped the Grey Worm Unsullied list from Mitch. Uh, on, that was on stream,
3: right?
2: That was on stream, and mm-hmm. I um, I paid a lot of attention to the game because Mitch is actually one of my close gaming buddies, and um, I didn't really... I, I mean, I didn't say anything at all, but uh, Mitch chose his Grey Worm list. He's been really enjoying Unsullied. He recently acquired both Pikemen and Swordsman, which has been really hard to get in Canada. And um, I think he likes being unconventional. So most Targaryen players love running Drogo and Cav. And his second list was, I think, more of a standard Drogo list. But he was really enjoying running um, uh, heavy Unsullied with Grey Worm. And he's had some success with it. So he was pretty confident rolling into this matchup with Unsullied. And in hindsight, it was the worst thing he could possibly take. (laughs) Because his build is like a fighty, grindy army. And Mm -hmm. you cannot outfight and outgrind triple queensmen supporting exactly. each other with conviction and go down fighting and all this kind of stuff exactly. um and I think right away Steve Hamill from Quebec who didn't make it unfortunately what but he was eagerly watching his um his uh his friends uh you know crush the opposition said he didn't take drogo what if, <laughs> you know why would he not do that I mean you want to shank those two-point attachments you want <laughs> the mobility to get behind him and combo him and so on and so forth and I think you know it's crystal clear in 2020 hindsight. But, you know, we we literally have never seen stagnant Nobles before in our meta. So you're like,
1: what what do they even do? Are they even that good? Mm-hmm. I, I, I I feel like you personally, and, and maybe people, are focusing on the stagnant Nobles. But, like, hey, it's his list, he can do whatever he wants. I feel like that's four points wasted in this list. Stagnant Nobles aren't what's making this list. This is triple... This, 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 this is triple queens. queen's men and everybody knows the value of queen's men most people are just putting them with something else but the list is built by having three queen's men that are in an ideal situation all within all the distance of each other so three times a turn you can recurse either um, either conviction or justice which are both phenomenal cards and they only improve as you further double down, because most people will only be able to make one or two good attacks around, and then by that point they might be like thinking, "Oh, I could throw out another maybe weaker attack, or you know, like I, I could put another attack in there." And at that point, if every single time you attack, I'm just going, "Oh, by the way, I just healed two. Oh, by the way, I just healed two. and I do that three plus times around literally you're not getting through them. Now I understand that the Iron Resolve, which I do think is a good ability,
3: mm-hmm.
1: is gonna really help improve those percentages on if you do fail, how much you take, improve your chances in terms of um your full morale now. full morale uh, yeah in terms of actually failing and therefore passing your conviction and healing. Um double check. I always forget which way around it is I would be careful that Iron Resolve is only on panic checks, right? Is that the Iron right Resolve is only on panic, yeah, not morale. Whereas Intimidating Presence is on all. So yeah. I, I, I hope that he doesn't believe that Iron Resolve is helping him pass to the last, mm-hmm. because it isn't. Because that's a morale test, not a panic test. Uh, and so personally, I think that is four wasted points, myself. But... I think the list has some value, so sure, we could just call it some value, it, as, as 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 a really harsh skew. Like, it's an incredibly harsh skew, which is what we're seeing a lot of right now, and I think is actually quite an interesting kind of talking point. But um, I wouldn't focus on the Stagnite Nobles. They're not what make these units powerful. People are running Queen's Men with all sorts of commander attachments, all sorts of... or just, you know, like, with no attachment, and they are already incredibly powerful. I don't see the need to spend another four points on the Stagnite Nobles myself.
2: And definitely on the way home, I was talking to Mitch, I said, you know, I'm kind of interested in, like, maybe taking Alex's build and improving it if I can, and I said, you know, I could easily turn those four points into a Dragonstone Noble and get a seventh activation. I feel like that's probably better value. And he quickly said to me, no. Those standing nobles, the extra wound they deal from passing morale over and over, and when they lose a rank you take a wound, he like, that was actually very significant and that's what ended up killing me. It wasn't their attacks, it was all the chip damage from the passing morale that uh, that ground him down over time.
0: I can see that. I can see that being a, a factor. Um, I think for me, though, personally, is that I'm not looking to fight you anyway. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, you're only getting those chip you're only getting that damage when i'm killing you in melee and i'm never killing you in melee if i can avoid it um so and the Stagnite noble kind of reinforces that like i already want to be careful how i engage the queen's man unit and now i definitely don't so it's a case of like you're pushing my already skewed game plan into an even more skewed game plan where for me as a player, it's like, it's fucking obvious, never be engaged. Like, there's yeah. one unit I should start engaged with, and one unit I should be killing, and it's the Davos unit. Everything else on the board, uh, does
1: what it does. Is already a bad fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a bad fight, guys. Unless you've got an incredibly specific way to kill them, which, to be honest, will eventually come on to when we start to talk about Martels, because they have a whole toolkit of such things, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you've got unless you really know what you're doing, you're gonna turn off orders, you're gonna get rid of all sorts of stuff, you're gonna stop them from healing. Unless you're gonna do those things, literally don't fight them. Do not attack them. It will just hurt you and it won't do anything to them. There was yeah, uh I was even eating- yeah, go on, go on,
2: Sorry, I was gonna say I was even thinking about, you know, what might be bad matchups for this list. And I thought, what about my buddy Rich's double crossbow tearing list? You know, if you have Peter and you're shooting three times the crossbows, would that do it? And I thought, No, because they're gonna get conviction each time. You know, you have to roll the hit, they're gonna bounce half the damage off, they probably pass panic, and they get conviction. Yeah.
0: Like this is this is actually um this leads into a much broader topic, which we will we'll discuss very, very briefly. Um but also like just as a a real point to make, I think this is this lists like this are exactly why I hate Fire and Blood as a game mode. Because it forces you into having to fight units like this. And unless you're running and I mean very specific units at this point, very specific unit and card combos units like this are nigh on killable like actually nigh on killable um and we we talk about it for like the hide in the corner castling thing that people have done before uh, every now and then someone crops up and says oh someone castled against me in fire and blood and i lost and it's kind of like yep yeah, that that's a thing that can happen in fire and blood um, <laughs> uh, it's the major criticism i think of anybody who plays competitively and like the weakness of fire and blood with not having any form of objective um is it forces a fight and there's basically nothing in the game that should be reliably killing this stuff that's the problem um
1: I I actually disagree go on. that it is only a problem of fire and blood I know I, I, yeah. I can list multiple other game modes yes where you can not where you cannot avoid fighting otherwise you will lose unless you have a very specific build. I think that your perception of it is warped by free folk who are the highest performers of don't fight control objectives, right? Yeah, yeah. 90, I would say of the nine scenarios, there are only half of them where you can avoid the fight in these days. Right? I like think half of them they score way too slow, mm-hmm. and you cannot score fast enough that your opponent can't just roll down the center. And what is effectively becoming for some lists the the the, the moba term of like amramming, it's like <laughs> just, just just whatever the fuck you've got, just send it down the middle. <laughs> forget tactics, yeah. forget everything else, just walk down the middle until you control the center objectives is uh, an unfortunate place that I think we're in. I do I do think, to some extent, uh, I'm not
0: 100% sure. Like, any five objective game modes, any of the secret missions, you yeah, can okay. manipulate those. Um, game of Thrones, you can yeah. manipulate this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. one, one, another. Here, uh, Honed and Ready, although Honed and Ready, of course, does play into the armor cool. skew slightly, but Honed and Ready, uh, Winds yeah. of Winter, and... Um, no, Dark, Winter Dark, is Dark, one Dark. of
1: the slowest scoring game modes in the entire game because you do not score on the five objectives. Correct, right. So if That one doesn't count. I'm but not no, but, accepting but, that one.
0: But the point is your objectives only score from killing, which you don't have to do. And these other objectives, like getting into deployment zones and things like that, which you can with cavalry and light units, you can manipulate that, right? He's only got four-unit frontage. He can't stop you traveling across the game. Uh, so with a six-activation list as well. Um, so... Dark Wings, Dark Words being another one. Three objectives. You can control two, you control one. Um, the unfortunate thing with Dark Wings, Dark Words is the center objective being worth two extra can be a real killer. Um, so that's probably a weaker game mode for everyone else is strong for this. Fire and Blood, obviously. Uh, here We Stand, which just an absolute joke of a game mode. <laughs> um, what else we got?
1: Sorry, I forget what you're naming now. Because you named three modes where you don't have to fight this list. Yeah, there's probably only three or four. Yeah, so what I'm saying is yeah. 60%, 50 to 60% yeah, of enough. all mode, you have to be able to fight this list. Yeah. And that is a problem.
4: Especially given that, like... Well, let's...
0: I mean, we'll go for the one of the most expensive units in the game being Mag, right? Mag the Mighty struggles, like, a lot into this... With the Free Folk deck even supporting it, it's still hard. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, like, why is the most OP thing in the world getting countered by something? But my point being is that if something is that strong and it's struggling into something like this, how the fuck do you supposed to deal with it with shit that isn't as strong? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, uh, So, so to be really specific, the reason why I have a problem problem with that and the reason why I have a problem Mm -hmm. with uh, something being such a hard skew and being so polarizing depending on mode, shall we say, uh, if that's true, right, mm-hmm. yeah. then basically if I meet it in a tournament, if I get the right mode, I can beat it. And if I don't, then I'll lose to it. Yeah. But I believe that it will not win the tournament because it will eventually have to play a game mode. And if there's a good player they will just beat it by by objectives, right? Mm-hmm. And so it will lose, I mean hailing way back um, I, was it you, Arrakis, actually? Was yeah, I think it he he was the really versus Stannis game? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where Stannis no. was insistent that he could win this game and actually what it came down to, we were playing uh, It was, t- was it a TSL game? It, was I T- no, T- no, it was, TTS um... Final for NRG1. Yeah, That's
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. Some time
1: after. We, back then, Stannis Thousand, Lord Commander, we used to talk a lot before he disappeared from the game. And I was insistent to him that I could win that matchup playing your list without ever rolling a dice. Literally never rolling a dice. And he was insistent that he could win it. And so we played the game out and I won and I never rolled a dice. I never attacked him, I never charged, I never did anything. I just moved up, took all the objectives, and then when he came and engaged me, I just retreated away. And that is... Like, like, as Mickey said, that was the old Rose Knights, which were considered unkillable, playing into a list which was considered hyper-aggressive, and the assumption is that the hyper-aggressive list that can kill anything will try and fight you. When actually it turns out that the hyper-aggressive list in that case, all it had to do was not fight you, but get there first. And I think that now in the game modes, the game modes are less quickly scoring. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot less modes where you can do this, but there are still some modes where this list, when played into particular things that exist, Particularly free folk because of insignificant, that's what's the really important part there. There are there are very few points to be scored on the board in that way either from even when you do kill some stuff. This list will lose. Therefore, I don't believe that this is a tournament winning list, yet I believe that given certain game modes, it can be the tournament winner you know, the rightful tournament winner or, you know, the best player at the event or the best list or whatever. And it's not that the other person should have brought a more balanced list or should have had other options because I actually don't think that there are any real options in the majority of factions to kill this thing outright. And you can make better or worse choices, Mm -hmm. but I think that this list is so far into the skew that it's a problem. Stone throwers. <laughs> which, yeah,
2: which is actually a great great segue into his last game. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, to that point, you know, he took two lists that were almost the same. Yeah. And I really think that uh, if he had a second list that was a bit flexible, maybe he would have done better. And and you know, to defend Alex as well, uh, his whole crew told me he's playing Barathings today, but he actually is a Night's Watch player. He just <laughs> thought of a really cool build. So I don't know if he's actually even explored all the possibilities necessarily himself.
3: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so his the last game he played against his fellow clubmate, uh, mm-hmm. Sam, Samuel, who brought Starks, and they played a Dance of Dragons. And uh, Samuel had seen Alex just destroy all his clubmates in, in the prior weeks and said, how am I going to beat this? And he said, I'm going to have to play the mission. And he built a list specifically to do what we just discussed, which is grab objectives, four points, and then run away. And you can see from the score, it was Dance Dragons. so Samuel was able to grab two objectives with his calf and a dog, and the Brackenless, of course, turtles up in one side, was able to pick up one objective, and he was never able to really catch and do decisive damage to Samuel. They even charged over stakes, saying, we don't care, we'll take the damage, we just need to catch mm-hmm. you. And because it's Rob, Rob, with all his sudden retreat, hit-and-run cards... Um, I don't think Samuel attacked more than once. I think he attacked once just to get a hit-and-run effect in, but <laughs> otherwise he just retreated the whole way. Really clever. He um, he had his quicker units that could double move four inches backwards, grab the objectives, and then he immediately pushed his other two units in front to body block and just uh, be a barricade. And I think I said on stream, you know, round three... Alex saw the running on the wall and said, There's no way I can catch you. How am I supposed to beat this? I can't I can't get to the objectives. Um, so it was like two, one, four, two, six, three, eight, four, ten, five at the end. Bloodless. I think Imitation Lobster was in the chat saying, We're not gonna get an exciting game, are we? And I said, We're not, but can you blame Samuel for playing this way? Like you can't fight this army. You gotta play smart. It's the top table game. You're not gonna take risks and be flashy. You're just gonna play it safe and that, do what that's you
1: gotta do. A really interesting like, even comment, like, I know you mm-hmm. don't mean anything by it, but like, can you blame Samuel for playing this way? No, you can blame Alex.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Alex is the one who built the list, which doesn't do anything if you don't attack it. Yeah, and, and I know that, that, like, you're not, you're not like, kind of saying like anybody is actually to blame or anything like that. I find it quite interesting that actually. Often I hear, like, a, you know, I mean, like, oh, can you blame a, po-? like, oh, do we really need to blame this person for, like, being defensive or playing the mission or doing something when actually, like, I'm always, like, you're looking in the wrong place. Like, if your opponent is offering nothing in terms of aggression, then they're the person to blame for the boring game. Mm-hmm. Because, generically speaking, defense comes cheaper than offense in the current meta. Yeah. And so, if you invest heavily in defense, then you will win in terms of like value and trading versus offense, but only if your opponent allows you to gain value out of your defense by choosing to attack you. You, as the defensive Defensively built player, the defensive list have to force your opponent to need to attack you. You need, for example, to be the one with two tokens and force them to come to you. That's... And, uh, and I think I think it is possible if you run a less severe skew, but that's where you know that's where this list I think is leaning too hard into that. And it's to the point where you will beat a lot of lists. You will not beat them all. You will not win the tournament if somebody comes prepared for you in any shape or form.
0: It's actually very, very interesting um, because this is exactly actually that, that Mel version of the list. While I don't like Casino, that Mel version of the list is exactly that kind of like offering that kind of like threat up by saying, mm-hmm. I will just kill a unit, and we can't just trade out a win now, or trade out a draw, or get that... <laughs> you now have to do something. And all of a sudden, all of your defensive tech works, because your opponent has to kill something. And um, then you are buggered, because you're having to fight something... You, you know how do you fight the unfightable? Um and then you're looking up for these, you know, you're looking for big combos. You're looking for, I'm going to do this, I'm going to hit this, and then I'm going to do this, and this and this and this is going to happen. And then, fuck me, actually, I need to delete a unit in one strike, and shit, I really <laughs> hope he doesn't have final strike. <laughs> um, you know, and you've got to think of all these other things that come off the back of that.
2: Um, and he fails his to the last, right? Like, you got to yeah. one-shot the unit somehow. Yeah. He's, he's got to have not to the last and fail to the last on round five units, right? Both
1: times? <laughs> we'll, we'll come to that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, come to that.
0: Is it... That's certainly an interesting uh, idea. It's 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 one of the things I'm I'm really glad that Alex did well with those lists. Um because I'm glad that anybody does well with Skew, right? I'm glad anyone does well with Skew because for me and okay, I'm a free fuck player, right? I yes, I play Free I play probably the most broken uh commander in the game by far. Um I play a list which I think is, is nigh brilliant, perfect. Uh, I'm not a perfect player, though. I'm crap compared to the list. Um, but I take that game and go, there are learning opportunities from that, which we can either share with others, or I can look at and go, hang on, how the fuck would I beat this? And it forces me to think. And anytime anyone does well with a really heavy skew, and it gives me the opportunity to sit and think exactly of a game plan, without even having to face it over the board, I like that as a player. Uh, I like seeing that, and, and I think that that's a good learning opportunity. Um, and that, that is, that, that, there's value in that, I think. Um,
4: Carlo, you, like you going to say something there? I was, just,
1: well, I was just thinking, well, I mean, I was actually going to say in the middle that Free free folk are the essence of skew. Free, oh, free yeah, 100%. Folk, all good free folk lists are a form of skew anyway. They yep. are a wounds on the board activate out activating skew. Yeah. Um. I was actually I was trying to decide. I think, in some ways, it's it's not flat out for sure. I actually believe that this list and a skew heavy meta is a product. Of partly of the game, like you know, like in terms of like its actual rule and the balance as a whole, in terms of like what the current damage outputs are, um, versus you know, like how how, how high panic damage is versus how high defensive abilities are, all these kind of things, which we talked about. Obviously, in the past, we talked about how uh, hyper aggression was undervalued, and now it's possible that defensive abilities are undervalued. That defense is um, is 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 the number one way to go. Or actually, I would have said until we get on to talking about Martels, basically like heavy healing meta seems to be like basically the the standard, right? Like all lists seem to be built on uh, sustain and being able to heal because almost nothing can one like basically one shots don't exist anymore. So if you can heal. When you get attacked or heal in between attacks, then you essentially become very, very difficult to kill. But basically, I was trying to decide whether or not there being a tendency towards skews of any kind, and I mean like a quite heavy, in my opinion, tendency towards skews at the moment, are a result of the game being more balanced. People looking for the skew to be a way for them to gain a list-based advantage, which they used to get by just having a better list than their opponent. They used to just know the game really, really well, know what was the best units, know what was the best commanders, and therefore they would be like, I have the best list, I will have an advantage going into the game, and then I'll leverage that to turn it into a win whereas now people feel like they're not able to just have a better list than their opponent so what they do is they have a skewed list which still can leverage an advantage for the game starts by your opponent not being well prepared to fight that particular list
0: i want to pick out something you said there actually that the the healing meta um this is something uh, that I think was true in 2021, rather than Season 1, um, with Offal, specifically. Because, as a fr- uh, and again, I take this for a, suspe- a, perpe- uh, a perspective of a Free Folk player, right? In that the way I saw Offal and the Offal matchup was always a case, and I quite literally would sit here for hours. Carlo, you remember me talking about this at times at points and things when it comes to list building, right? With Weasel among other people, right? It was a case of, literally sitting down and asking myself one question which is with conscripts existing and healing up units all this that and the other simply put how do i kill a unit of crossbows where they don't get to do any form of reaction and if i can do a zero react uh not like not massive reacts none of this uh, box opening reacts, right <laughs> a zero reaction kill on an enemy unit then I can win any game. I use Night's Watch because at the time they were... Night's Watch, Crossbow, were <laughs> now impossible to kill because they you'd lose a unit or half a unit before you even got into combat. Um, and if you could do that reliably, I believe you can win. And uh, I don't believe you could do it at Crossbows. Um, hence the reason you had to go the opposite way. You had to go kind of like, I'll just put as many wounds on the table as I can and hope I can get tabled. The Lannister mm-hmm. Free Folk method... Um, that existed there. But nowadays, with John Hunters, I actually believe exactly the same was true in that I have to kill a unit of Ranger Hunters because if they've teched into that healing with amon and conscripts in the back line, I'm never going to kill them. So I have to set up where I can go bang, which is, I mean, all the way back at the very start of Season 1, I used to include trappers for that exact reason. I now include more trappers for that exact reason. You do something on your turn, you take wounds. So I no longer have to do 12 on my turn before you get to react. And that's, where, that's why I invested heavily in the trap side of things. Because I, and don't get me wrong, traps are very good, right? Traps are better now, but I, was already, I already ran trappers, I already believed that that zero reaction was important. This unit and a list like this from Baratheons is again one of those exact cases it's just even fucking harder because they react because they passed a panic test or they react because you got attacked. Um, And that makes it even harder. Um, But I agree with you, the skew, I do think is a semblance and a a product of all of that um, is definitely a skew towards, well, skewed lists, right? Just skewed lists in general are now more popular. Um, I'm going to throw
4: it out there right do we think defensive skew lists like this
0: are partially seeing through play because the uh the aggressive units that can really go toe to toe are few and far between um and also god forbid
4: cross my Cross my soul for this one. The uh, the disappearance or death of Mother of Dragons. Which used to look yeah, at a list like that, right?
0: that and fucking pick on that all
4: day. <laughs> um, what do you reckon, Ariakas? That's a very
2: interesting thought. You know, I've, I almost forgot about dragons. Mitch, on the <laughs> way back, was saying if I had taken a dragon, maybe I would have... Um... Been okay. I'm just trying to think. Would a dragon have been significant? Because the dragon now does less damage. Even if you do take a dragon, it's yeah. not going to eat the unit in two hits. Um, with the vicious and flank, you're probably likely to make them feel panic nowadays too. If they're only morale for only morale five, um, but the the dragon just has inherent opportunity cost as well at eight points, right? Like the is going to be small. It's going to have seven six activations itself. If you're taking 8-point dragons, what does the rest of your army look like? It's probably going to be small and squishy as well. So it's a, it's an interesting question, but I haven't actually seen dragons in play since the update, so I really don't know how that would, how, it, that
1: would it, rack it, up. It, it, it's interesting because I think the thing is is that the dragon isn't the answer, and no. yet you feel like the dragon, that is what a dragon should answer. Is the issue. So the dragon is just too weak to the one thing that it should be perfect against. Um, partly because of Tack Approach. Um, not that this list runs it, but that the dragon itself is too scared of um, um, Final Strike. It's too scared. Effectively, the dragon doesn't win the sustain against this unit.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you engage that unit and go toe-to-toe, the dragon probably loses, because at some point, some wounds get reflected back to the dragon, and then an attack comes in, and suddenly the dragon is, like, dead. Um, so, yeah, I, I do agree that it's partly an issue that the thing that should be this thing's natural predator isn't its natural predator. It's actually listed in one of the things that it's like, oh, yeah, that that's, that's my prey. Yeah, like I'd really like to face a dragon, please. Um so that's um that feels like your rock, paper, scissors, or you know, more complex pentagon of things that beat things and aren't aren't good against things. There's a break in that in, in that ecosystem when the thing that feels like it should be its counter isn't its counter.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with Paul. I'm a Paul. I, I think we said it at the time that uh, MOD got got nerfed in too many different ways. Mm-hmm. MOD losing the points reduction was Enough. was acceptable and best, I think and was the best use because I think that point reductions are an incredibly um, powerful effect. Right, like that. I don't think that they really have uh, kind of got a good gauge on like how many points you can give for what kind of um what kind of drawbacks like i would even say that i think that uh rick on osher like are not adequately pointed at what they are currently pointed at for their one for their one vp extra drawback right
3: mm-hmm.
1: overall they give way more than they should in terms of uh, what drawbacks they give these things so i think that the cost reduction was way way too high But I do agree that dragons should have kept their old damage. Like, dragons as individual dragons were not dominating the game and were not wildly powerful. They were actually in a really nice spot, I felt. And I think that there there have been ramifications ever since. And I think we're actually very slowly coming around to them. It's not like not like the meta and the community responded instantaneously with "Oh, I'm just going to play two plus armor skew or you know healing skew or these kind of things." But we are seeing a lot of complaints about it, and we're seeing um, a decent amount of champions of the stag and stuff kicking around and being one of the major sore points for people.
0: It's interesting. I I do. I'm glad the dragon damage was changed because of the to put it to put it bluntly dragons used to invalidate other solos um which when you're paying seven or eight points for your own solo Mm. and then having a cav move solo that just comes along and eats you in one go it's like oh that sucks um specifically for me dragon uh, for me giants but like nowadays like mammoths dragons would literally just walk around and just go chomp you're dead chomp you're dead um and uh and that I can understand why that wouldn't be fun, where the opponent's big monster just kind of completely counters yours. Um, but that being said, like I do agree against the infantry and cavalry type lists, where they dragons should be coming along and just going chomp, you're dead. Uh, you know, even like a five point infantry list, uh, a five point infantry, it should be shouldn't be stood there against a the dragon going. Ah, it's alright lads, it's not too big <laughs> We'll take it <laughs> uh, Which is what dragons, are, I mean they, they, They're struggling to kill 4 and 5 point units Never mind the bigger like Champions of the Stag where they come along Do like 3 wounds and then get Whacked back with Tack Approach Fuck you <laughs> um, You know, that is uh, That is an issue <laughs> um,
1: I, I think it's interesting actually Because I think I think that it's an inherent problem With the fact that I think that there's not much reason why solos have so significantly less wounds than 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 full model trays. Yeah. right. Like you can defense is so many different things in this game. it is it is your armor stat. it's your morale stat, it's abilities that turn two hits into one hit, all these kind of things, right? like why why can't a giant have twelve wounds but get rid of the ability to only take? Uh, half as many wounds as hits, right? Like, then it wouldn't be so auto auto wound like problematic, right? Like, <clears throat> it, it's it, it's it's a D3 away from just dying at any given time, basically on somebody's like, hey, take D3 wounds. It's why things that kind of um, do auto wounds, like Wildling diplomacy, for example, are so wildly polarizing. Mm-hmm. d three plus one wounds, when I've only got units with twelve wounds, is actually like, yeah, whatever, you know i'll i'll take I'll take an average of three wounds, and then like three wounds can be healed at any given time, but when three when d three plus one wounds kills you and you're never coming back, it's a wildly different discussion, and it's a wildly different effect. and so I it's a whole different thing, which is yes, dragons were invalidating all of the low wound so well, can we say high wound solos. Yeah. Because they yeah. still they still one shot you know, they, they, they still one shot low wound solos, mm-hmm. right? Um but now they are very weak against high wound solos because I mean remind me, it's D three plus ranks these yeah. days, right? So, against another solo, it's doing a D3 plus one. Yep. Which means that is not even coming particularly close. It's just going to piss a giant off and then get absolutely splatted in return.
0: It can actually one-shot them if it fails the panic check with max damage at oh, two. And, but it just doesn't... I, the odds aren't amazing. The thing is, at the moment, it's a weird... The problem right at the moment is if the if the if the dragon doesn't kill the giant, the dragon dies. If the dragon kills the giant, well, you've killed the giant right? it's it's this weird you've literally po- polar opposites of like I either kill you or I die. <laughs> like there's no outcome where there's like, oh, I kind of did some wounds, then we had a fight and then eventually I won. That just doesn't happen. There's a winner and it's decided when the dragon initially you'd say the dragon makes the charge given his massively longer engagement range. Decided when the dragon attack, damage comes in. (laughs) Um, And that, again, that is kind of dumb because you're leaving it almost completely up to luck as to how that fight ends.
1: Well, well, I mean, that in itself comes back to the issue that there are issues with almost everything in this game that revolves around a D3. Because the D3 so wildly varies between effect of a one where you're just like, Cool, whatever, mate, to a three, which is incredibly significant. Yeah. That one dice, meaning that a morale fail can triple its effect against you. Is 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 huge. When it was D3 plus one, you were in this range of two to four, right? Which, yes, they have the same like span of distance. But you're either like morale was in a range, which is it can be this bad or twice as bad. And now, until you're talking about the bonus effects that you add on top, morale is now this bad or three times as bad, which Mm -hmm. now just makes you feel like it's incredibly luck dependent. And throw in a lot of use of, um, you know, iron resolve and stuff like that. You can even make that zero to two like you know depending on that de3 role it can be nothing through to infinitely infinitely times as bad <laughs> yeah <And laughs> infinitely so, bad <laughs> yeah exactly it is infinitely bad you know watching um watching brett play miguel earlier you know he takes a morale test with minus two wounds right there's A huge, huge range because it's a big negative test in which he fails the test. But nobody really cares whether he passes or fails the test. The test is a roll of, did I roll a three on the D3? And that's actually what mattered. Now, yes, you're talking about a very specific case. Somebody's got heavily invested into two tokens and reducing damage. Anyway, I just think that the D3 is one of the core problematic issues. That we're seeing, and uh, that's going to be incredibly derated to the way dragons exist. And as you know, Carl says, are we still talking about nationals? The non existence of dragons means that other people have to deal with a high armor, high resilience, no damage output skew. Um, And it's crazy that we've talked this much about this list, and it didn't even win is interesting right and Claren-
0: clarence said he was interested it in he wanted us to talk about it uh, is that is that enough for you clarence if we talked about that now yeah or... i
2: think we delved into alex's list uh, pretty heavily and um, i think we should really talk a bit about sam took the whole show and take a look at what he did i mean um
0: it's interesting cuz outside of the rob list which he used and I, I, am just gonna say You said that you know he kind of like text that Rob list to kind of beat the Braethian list. Uh, that Rob list, which we'll just have a very, very quick look at, won't spend much time on at all. He goes, Rob Starkin, great number axes. are like. Oh look it's an armor killer um <laughs> uh it has she bears which yeah sure Warcry's good telecavaliers with a winterfell guardian what dauntless and southern and tenacity it's healing those mel bombs less impactful um greywin and shaggy who are almost immune to well um Mel bombs he runs eddard so he can reroll these panic tests and then he runs fucking jackham so he can test on himself against a Melisandre and do tests on the opponent's Stormcrow mercenaries. This is about as teched into a list that I have ever seen somebody run in an event. Um, this is almost like every piece in this list is, it's for this reason, against this
2: list. Um, well, yeah, you know, it's it's um, very interesting because I think the Quebec crew thought that they um, were going to be the best players and they said we have to plan to beat each other. We think mm-hmm. that we're going to be the top players into this event. We're going to roll over everybody else and we're going to face each other. So, I think that if I tech to beat my my clubmate, I'll be in good shape and I'm pretty sure I'm a good enough player that I can pull over everybody else with the same kind of list. And they were right. They were right. You know, they only lost to each other, I believe, and they mm-hmm. took uh most of the top positions. Um, I really wish some of my uh, clubmates would have made it up. Um, Anthony and and Rich both had commitments they could not uh, break, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know we're itching to uh, have another uh, showdown between uh, different parts of Canada for sure. I
0: mean, Mitch, uh, what its worth, Mitch getting third with his tags, I think, is is respectful as yep. well. Uh, so you, you got some support in there, right? You got you got the, some of the homeboys yeah. represented. Oh,
2: Mitch, Mitch, Mitch represented very, very well. And I want to point out, Mitch and Alex. Uh, each had a game where they scored zero unit destroyed points, um, where they got tabled, or they yeah they just didn't kill anything, and yet they still had eighty five points over four <laughs> rounds, which means that they killed like twenty one points a game. Where one game they scored zero, so the other three they literally just tabled everything. Yeah. Oh dear, that's
0: uh, that's savage. <laughs> tabled yeah. tabled tabled three people and then got wrecked. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly um, um, yeah so his, his one list his Rob list was just meant to, to run away mm-hmm. with objectives and beat Alex essentially and his other list was his workhorse, his Great John list and man you know when I run Starks I've been running a lot of Edder and I forgot how crazy Great John is um, and it seemed like every time I walked around he always had berserker tactics to do crazy explosive things and turn that into an overrun and do some more damage it was um... remind me what Sansa does now
1: he, she can't, can't recurse record. it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe he always does have like tactics in hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'll just go get it if I don't. You know, it's fine. Um,
0: I, I, without going into the list, right? Uh, and shout out to Luke, obviously, for Gen Con, um, for his Great John list that he did use quite a lot. I am very glad that we are seeing Great John do well, because he was the only aggressive, so an out-and-out aggressive commander. Off the back of the season one changes, that myself and Carlo sat down and went, this toolkit is what he needs to be an aggressive commander. This is what an aggressive commander needs for them to work. And for a long time, Edard just kind of went, yeah, but I'm better. Edard's still better, but Great John is proving that he can hold his own. He is proving that he can go out there with lists and with players who know what they're doing, um, and just punch big fucking holes in the opponent's army and make people scared and you know what I don't care that this is good and doing well and if it's OP or not I'm glad that it's doing well because I feel like an aggressive list that's teched with an aggressive commander lots of heavy cav or whatever it is it should do well if the opponent is using it well and uh, and we saw it with Luke we're seeing it here as well I, I well deserved to the pair of them because uh because i think that it deserves to do well
1: yeah i um i really don't um don't bear any ill will towards any low activation high aggression list which does well like i think that that the more of those that can uh exist in the current balance the current meta um the the better because I think that it's very much an antithesis of what has ever done well in the past and an antithesis even of what's mostly doing well now. So all power to any success that can be had because I'm surprised, you know, like when we first saw the great John changes, I did think that he would be more significant and more impactful. It's crazy that it seems to have taken this long for that impact to suddenly be felt. Um, I don't know if anything changed or there's just been, you know, the perfect storm that have allowed it to do well over the past few weeks. Um, but but, uh, but I, I'm glad that it's doing well because I will not complain about that list doing well. It's it, it's not the same as when as 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 when Stark's nine activation could blow stuff up without any response. You can respond to this list. If you're running lower activations than this, then that's your choice. Um nobody's having to work really hard to get to seven. Um and uh and and and, and it's right in a lot of ways that cavalry should be feared and it doesn't spam a unit and it in faction heavy and all those things are all positive stuff for me yeah
2: 100 yeah that was that was my um i guess surprise is that i guess i'm kind of a dinosaur traditionalist so when all the, the the quebec crew came with fairly low activation six seven activation lists but all of them were hyper aggressive like i said uh, bell or fifth place brought lancers with triple castle knights mountain that rides high commander in corporals just for issue commands. You know, all of them played, from my observation, fairly similarly, where they just shoved all this Cav, all these Queensmen, right in your face. There was no objectives to be, hit for the most part. It's just put on tons of pressure. And yeah, maybe with our lower activation count, you can charge one of the Knights first. Guess what? We're Knights with three plus saves. We're gonna hold the charge, and there's two more Knights now, next round gonna come in and smash to pieces. And all of a sudden, we're now even on activations. Maybe we're heading to activations. Now you're really blown because our activations are knights, and you've got footmen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think there's a... It's very interesting, because lists like this, we don't see online as often as we used to. Um,
1: and... Uh... I-, I think that's not necessarily true. We're actually seeing a resurgence of just double-flayed men. Oh, I mean, like, sure. Game that's like... Well, <laughs> a, a Martel thing that's yeah. kind of coming around, but like, I, I think that there's a resurgence in just like just slamming a couple of cavalry units into your opponent's face. I think there is. I, I,
0: I personally, I, for what it's worth, like, I don't know if I struggle or not with these kind of builds as a like personally. Um, I can't talk for everybody, right? Uh, but I think that a lot of people have actually got very short-term memories. They don't remember the 1.6 Knights of Castle Rock bus that we remember seeing back then. They don't remember some of this heavy cavalry kind of like skews that we saw in the mode of awful, which never really saw awful. They could never really beat them, but they did see play outside of it, but then they stopped seeing play cause awful. <laughs> um, like I think people forget these things exist So their game plans and their lists warp, because you don't see them very often, and then they come back, you know, they rise in resurgence, as you say, they kind of come back and everyone goes, Ah, shit! How do you do with this again? I've completely forgotten! Um, And they are, you know, they're not pleasant lists to face in terms of, like, that can kill me, that can kill me, that can kill me. Um, Shit. (laughs) Uh, You know. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad i'm glad i'm happy oh, yeah. to about so
2: it. so this is phil phil was the one who got the buy was going to get the buy round one and i was going to mm-hmm. pull up my martels and play against him just for funsies and then he's like Can i try my knight list this one to you know shake out the rust and make sure it works well i'm deploying my like spearmen and like dervishes and i'm like there's triple knights ahead of me how am i supposed to deal with that with my starter bots and like heroes one i don't know how i'm supposed to fight that at all you aren't <laughs> <laughs> That's the key, Clarence! <laughs> you like, just die! Oh, uh, oh wait, he's got intrigue to shut off my cool you know, trick of getting bonus points. Right, so none of my tricks actually work. Great, awesome. <laughs> oh, Sean's here! Hey, Sean, wanna play? Alright, Sean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cl- Clarence is like, big dodge. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, awesome. No, I'm glad the event went really well, and I'm glad that we've got some stuff to talk about there, because uh, that, yeah. that's
2: great. Um... And I want to say thank you to you guys, because I think uh, we took a lot of inspiration from the London GT um, in terms of making sure we did Best in Faction, and I think that... I mean, I think the current edition encourages balance anyway. There's a lot of other yeah. people crawling on the woodwork, but I think more people walking away with prizes was, was really nice, um, and uh, a lot of people... I believe it was the lords of north crew and i want to say it might have been it might have been shane from boardman gaming donated prizes as well so it was really nice that uh you know p- p- people who didn't win trophies walked away with the prize support i made a like a randomizer who didn't win stuff and they all walked away with a box or a limited edition figure here and there so that was really cool too and, and again we take that inspiration from you guys for um for starting that uh on a large scale i'd say um, we did Best Painted, of course, as well, and, uh, we did the Wooden Spoon. Wooden Spoon this time was actually the, uh, the Mug of Regret, the Mug of Drowning Your Sorrows. Uh, <laughs> didn't take a picture of, of Conrad with that mug, unfortunately, but, uh, Aww. he won a cool porcelain Game of Thrones mug, um, for coming in last portion.
0: That's, uh, that's great, though. Gotta love a Mug of Regret. Uh, I actually really like the glasses you made with the logos on, I've uh, seen them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like them. Um, uh, at some point uh, i think we should do something similar carlo because there stuff like that that's like not so and it seems really weird like products nice don't get me wrong product is lovely especially if it's on like new product which you maybe haven't got but like stuff that is usable like a mug like that you can use it around you can have it and you can actually and, and then people are like oh where, where's that from you say oh i, I attended this talk like, you know and i it isn't even and about, I'm like,
1: a teddy, in which case you probably like, um, yeah, uh, definitely <laughs> not a nerd thing. Um... <laughs> I'm cool. Honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great, though. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm an old-school gamer and, um... But I, I would rather win a trophy than product myself, personally. I think yeah. uh, that it's a better memory for me, and you know, every time they ha- have a, a beer now in that mug, they're going to remember that event, with fondness, hopefully, and um, yeah, a t- t- product doesn't really do it for me. I already buy what I want anyway, yeah. so just yeah. to win something like a plaque is way cooler, in my, in my, in my opinion, but again, you know, I've, I've kind of like... Unless yeah, it's limited forever.
1: product, unless it's something special, unless it's early release of Martels, unless it's, uh, you know, maybe maybe a Golden Stannis or, you know, a Golden Renly or something like that, then, uh, yeah, you know, like, it might, as well, it might as well just be a gift card or some cash, uh, but a trophy... A trophy which you can't get elsewhere is, uh, is yeah, like really really an important sentiment.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, then. So uh, I think that takes us to the end of, uh, of the first segment today. Um, we're only an hour and 13 minutes into the end of the first segment.
1: I think you probably <laughs> assigned, what, 15 minutes to that segment?
0: Yeah, about that. Yeah, we got the meta talking right? We got the meta talking, which is uh, why people love coming, right? Uh, no. Right. Let's move on. Carlo. You have ten minutes uh, to finally tell everybody your experience of the US. Now, uh, for those of you who weren't at our gaming club on Friday, it's the first time Carlo's been back at the club uh, since he's left. Um, he started telling the story when he arrived. I want to say at like, it like was about like half eight, nine o'clock, maybe. Uh, he finished telling us the story at about two o'clock in the morning, uh, between playing some games and this, that, and the other.
1: Uh- <laughs> uh, so- what what can i say sometimes sometimes i can spin a yarn sometimes sometimes <laughs> i can uh, make a story out of nothing
0: um but go on give give the people what they want give them the abridged version
1: <laughs> um where to start where to start because there was there was so many things going on like jen con jen uh, con and and then my trip in the us of course were like so, were really big kind of events for me in that you know like I've, I've mentioned it before but you know i was actually away from home for over a month uh so you know this wasn't this wasn't a weekend away for me this wasn't a weekend playing gen Con. uh but like i was I, I i really really enjoyed being there i really really enjoyed meeting loads of people Uh, spending a lot of time with uh, some really, really great people and putting some faces uh, to the names that I've seen online and uh, doing all that stuff. So, I mean, I have to start with that. Like, honestly, I couldn't couldn't have had a better event in terms of meeting people, playing games with people, talking with people. People were, so many people were incredibly kind and generous. and uh to me you know like i ended up with uh, the cowboy hat you know i i have a, i have a, a gift from uh, bob from sunday slaughter as well i managed to come away with a sunday slaughter dice tray um having dinner with people all those kind of things like they were all amazing so don't let anything which i'm about to say negative about the event make me think that i didn't enjoy meeting everybody <laughs> Everyone was amazing. That is to say but... <laughs> though I still did have some issues with the event. Like I do think that it, and I think it's worth saying, you know, like um because because I think that it, it was quite it was quite significant for me in the way that I felt about about it in general. I also very much enjoyed uh being at Gen Con for the first time because you know that that was the first time I've been to a con of that size. Um seeing all the stuff going on and trying to like have a look around and participate in the stuff. I definitely didn't like prepare as much as I could have because, you know, I think that if you really went there with a plan that I will also try and, you know, be at this place at this time to see something, uh, to be, to be, you know, kind of be introduced to a game by a certain designer or there's X, Y, Z companies who are going to be there showing off games. I want to see, go and see them. Uh, on that side of things i was incredibly disappointed by simon's participation or complete non-existence like simon did not have a booth simon were not at the at gencon in any official capacity at all as far as i'm aware everything was done through Day, and so the event was run right by Day organized by in the end um the martels that were on display were very much in a corner of the asmodee area like i had to i I had to really go and search to find them actually which i thought was disappointing and there was not a single demo being played of a song of ice and fire at all so i thought that that part was 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 quite disappointing from 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 a simon song perspective uh really just no effort being put into promoting song in that way anymore. Uh Everything which was being played was around Marvel Zombicide, uh Marvel United was being played there as well and being demoed and stuff. So I did play some demos of them, uh, which were enjoyable, you know. On to the event. I didn't get to do as much at Gen Con as I would have liked because the event effectively spanned Thursday for the last chance qualifier, Friday and Saturday, which then basically only really left me with Sunday, um, at which I was like able to kind of plan to be around the event and stuff like that. The Thursday started off, and I, I have to say, like it was chaotic. It was chaotic as anything. I thought, uh, I think, I think that we ended up with maybe twelve players in the last chance qualifier. Uh, As far as I'm aware, about six or eight of them uh, had already qualified, maybe even more. Um, I know that the four people who – so I was staying with uh, Brett, as was uh, Craig uh, and Carl Gurney, uh, um, Dave Meckler, um, his friend Zach, uh, who was playing Baratheons. and uh, Brett himself, uh, so me and four people, uh, and all four of those were qualifiers, right? Uh, I know that I know that part for sure, and most of the other people that I spoke to who decided to play in the last chance qualifier were all qualifiers. Um, we found out to the first game or so that everybody would qualify, right? So the entire event felt incredibly not worthwhile. And that was very disappointing that we'd had to like get up and be at the venue for like half past eight for a supposed nine o'clock start, which actually didn't start until like half past ten, to then play a four round event that was entirely meaningless. And um, in the end, Dave Meckler won uh, four of four games, he won that event. And I have to feel sorry for him that they didn't even announce him as the winner. You know, they didn't say anything about the event. They didn't even really announce people uh, being there. Yes, and I suppose was right. Um, you paid twenty dollars to enter this 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 event, and I think that it was not given adequate um, kind of attention and uh, importance. Now, I do think that it's there in some ways that you have to pay $20 to enter because other qualifiers have had to play pay for their regional event. But I just think that it actually really, really devalued the aspect of all the regionals. I think that it really devalued their qualification process um, and devalued what it was to be at US Nationals. Um, as soon as I found out um, that it, there was no qualifying requirement other than to have been there that day i stopped trying to play at all you know like as in you know i because i knew that hopefully i would be playing song for the next two days anyway and personally i'm very aware that i knew particularly the next day was going to be really really tough and i was not wanting to put in a huge amount of effort into this day try and win it try and win every single game because that was really going to there's only a certain amount of mental capacity that I have. I don't know about other people, but there's only a certain amount of mental capacity that I'm going to have over this three-day period to play these games. Um And I do think that I'm actually really surprised, and I don't know why the four people that I was staying with all decided to enter this event. You know, like, I don't know why they would waste um, the mental capacity on playing those games. Um And I think that it's quite interesting that of those four people, uh, three of which would have considered themselves wanting to be really high finishers, one of them narrowly missed out on even making top 16 qualifier, and the other two went out in the top eight, including myself. So the the other three all went out in the quarterfinals come the third day. And I think that that's quite telling of burnout in some way. Um and that i'm I, I think that I'm surprised and I think that it was a bad decision by all those people to choose to enter that event at all, and I think that that was a problem. So I do think that thursday was was really bad. I actually can't like i can't I can't tell you enough that I think that Thursday was a disaster in terms of what it tried to achieve and what it did achieve and 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 why it was run um. So that, that's really unfortunate. I'll uh, for you, Carl. <laughs> go on, Doug.
2: Yeah. yeah, I, I was going to ask, um, if they were, if you were to fix it, quote-unquote fix it, would you just said, we're going to have one winner for this L last chance qualifier? This way it's, you know, it's got stakes, it's worthwhile, and it validates all these national qualifiers that ran previous to it? Just have one winner. You don't all make it, only one of you make it, something like that?
1: Well, I guess I mean, if you're asking me, I wouldn't have run qualifiers at all, right? They uh, If you're asking me in that sense, as an overall sense, I think the qualification system was not it was not a total disaster, but it was not particularly successful. The main event, I believe, ended up with 29 people in it, possibly uh, I think I think 29 yeah. feels right, although I think it may be 28 because I don't think there were buys after all the given buys came through. Anyway, somewhere just under 30. They had space, and there were just empty tables next to us. They had space for 64 people at Gen Con. They could have run a 64-person tournament. I do not believe that they would have reached 64 if everybody had who wanted to come and play had come and played.
4: If you
1: are limiting your numbers by having qualifiers or let's just say if you're having qualifiers and you weren't going to reach capacity anyway you have to ask yourself did your qualifiers make more people come or less people come there will be some people who attended because they were given an invite right and there will be a certain amount of added status to the effect that you qualified for it. And therefore, there'll be some who came because they qualified. I would say that you would have had significantly more without the qualifier. I don't believe that they would have had issues around their maximum capacity size. The foot says they would have got 64. Maybe. And maybe it would have been a little bit of an element of first come, first serve on the ticket sales but there was room at Gen Con for this event to be bigger. There was room at Gen Con for this event to be whatever size players wanted to be at and to be there. So I think restricting people, there were very few people who are able to and willing to travel all the way to Gen Con without knowing whether or not they're going to get to play in the main event. I was going to... I am of you know, unique situation that I, let, let's let be specific about this. I love song as much as practically anyone. Maybe not right now, I'm losing a lot, but <laughs> I love song as, about as much as anybody. I have as much capacity as anybody to travel. I don't, I don't have kids. I'm of the right age. I have a job, all these things, right? Like I still would not have gone to Gen Con without a qualifying spot if I hadn't already been in the next city for a different reason the week before. I would not have flown all the way to Gen Con without knowing that I could play in the main event. And so that's going to restrict players from entering. Uh, What I would have done, if you believe that we are going to run qualifiers, is I would have been strict with it, yes. And as much as that might not have meant that I might not have even made it to the last event, The last chance qualifier should have been under the same conditions as every other qualifier, based on player participation. Which, based on the number of people that we had, I think would have meant one, two, one. If you disclude all the other
0: if you disclude the other people qualifying and say that they've already qualified, you probably would have only had one slot.
1: Yeah, definitely. If all the non-qualifiers hadn't entered, or the already qualified hadn't entered the event it would be one. And a number of them like mentioned that they were entering the event because they believed that it would up the number of qualification spots and that they would get passed down because they were entering, which I think is a whole crazy situation in itself that it, because, because you will, particularly when a huge number of qualifiers already enter, it's going to be total random pick like where people end up and where that passed down qualifier ends up. So I think that that's a huge issue in itself. I think that this whole pass-down system and qualification system wasn't handled well. Um, But once we got to that point, they really should have maintained the last-chance qualifier being under the same conditions as every other qualifier, in my opinion. Well, uh, I'll straight up say some of the Americans that we we talked
0: to, obviously... um did say that they had friends and people who would go to Gen Con, they would travel to Gen Con if they knew that they could play a song and, um, and they chose not to because they didn't think they'd make the last chance qualifier. They didn't make it through. And, uh, and they quite literally didn't go to an event that they could have just rocked up to on Thursday and barely played a game and got into the final. Uh, So, you know, the last chance qualifier, then even making that change on the day, I know pissed players off, including players that were literally there at Gen Con who were now annoyed mm-hmm. because their friends didn't come to the event because they weren't, they didn't have an invite slot. Um, yeah. Anyway, move on to the main event
4: itself. Yeah. yeah so, so I wanted to add one oh, more oh, comment. Oh, go on.
2: Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. I, uh, I know that Steve Hamill from Quebec had qualified to their local event. And then I asked him, Oh, Hey, are you excited to go? And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going. And I think Adam pie from auto or got also said he had earned a spot somehow and he wasn't going either. And up in that point, I would not really thought much about this qualifying system. And then I realized just because you qualify doesn't mean you're actually going to go. Like You still have to pay for all the expenses yourself, got to take mm-hmm. the time off. Yep. It made me think, how many people are actually going to make it down? You know? And then mm-hmm. until now, I never really questioned whether or not it was good or not to have a qualifying system. But I can see the cracks and the problems, um, as you described, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, there will be a few people who are convinced to go because of their qualification. But I really think you're talking about a handful of players versus losing, like, 10s and 20 and 30 players. You're losing half your players who haven't managed to qualify because they, uh, you know, haven't been there. And and, and as people say, like, again, it comes back to communication. If even all they'd said, actually, you know what? Here's what I would have done. I would have been really, really clear, which is already a problem for Simon, but (laughs) I would have stated that the Nationals' main event has 64 players available, 64 spots, and they will be given to people on finishing order from the last chance qualifier. Come to that situation, that's what I would have done. That means that if you know that about 30 of the spots from the main event are taken, then another 34 are going to go to the last chance qualifier. And who knows, maybe you end up with 60 people trying to come to this last chance qualifier and half of them get in. Who knows? The problem is is that they themselves didn't know how many people were going to turn up the next day, as far as I'm aware. They they had no idea... And basically, once the event started and they had twelve people, and they realized that I think somewhere from about eight of them plus already qualifiers, they were like, "Yeah, we can definitely fit the other four people in, so you can all qualify. And it's just that they don't didn't have any concept of who would turn up because they don't have any realistic pre-sign up measure. They don't have any way to know who's coming and who's not. So we move on to Friday. Yep. It is a marked improvement. The event is supposed to start at nine o'clock and it does. It starts like at about quarter past nine, half past nine. Sorry. Um. So that's, so that's a big improvement. And that is very like thankful because it's a five round event. They coming back to the idea of what the event was, you know, they I still think it's a ludicrous decision that they were playing a five round event on the Saturday, which would then go to a top sixteen cut, which would then, if successful, lead to another four games the next day. As we've talked about significant number of times, nine rounds is not needed unless you want to try and find a winner from five hundred and twelve different <laughs> entrance, right? You have a 32-player event. You only need five rounds total to get a winner.
4: But we're playing five rounds,
1: uh, and there is this qualifier-based buy system, which is also in effect, um, which they've decided, uh, um, or they've, shall we say, clarified, um, is based on um, only winners of convention level events. So effectively, there is US Nationals last uh, from last time, there's a Adepticon, there is LVO, and somehow Brett has another one? No, Brett, believe... the
0: Gen Con winner from the previous year, got two buys. Okay. At and the then...
1: time said he had two buys because he won that and something else, but uh, maybe that's a miscommunication. Yeah. Anyway, Brian, Brett has two buys. Two other people, Mark Rupp, I believe, from Adepticon, yep. and, um, and Carl, Craig. Craig. Craig Rooney. Carl have, uh, have them from Elvio. Yep. Now, there has been some people who believe that they're going to have them from winning their local events, such as the Sunday Slaughter or the uh, you know, the Fabricate is forge events, which are both of similar size to LVO and bigger than Adepticon. So, um, but it was decided that their that their name implies status, and therefore they give buys. Not an issue. To, up until the fact that you know, personally, I think that it's a stupid idea generically because this is a grueling schedule. And I think that it's a very unfair playing field to then say these players don't need to play as much as everybody else, which is why I still believe it's a stupid idea that all these players chose to then go and play four games the day before because they were in a very unique situation, which was they were able to avoid the fatigue of playing too much and then chose to not take it. There we go. Choice. We play first round, um, everything goes okay. I forget exactly at which point things started to go wrong, but it's either when we go to draw the second round or particularly when we go to draw the third round. The decision to give Brett two buys has really, really come to bite them in the ass because the system that they're using, the site that they've decided to run, the event through cannot give brett two buys because through a swiss pairing system you're never allowed to have a single person have two buys and therefore they're now entirely unable to use correct swiss pairing mechanisms because they can't give him the buy and they need to do some janky stuff which i'm not really sure about But our main issue is that we end up redrawing I think the third round, or it could have been the second, but I think it's the third round. We end up redrawing it like five times over. Each time they redraw it takes 10 or 15 minutes. They then bring it to the table at which point somebody says this is wrong. I can't play that opponent for insert a reason. Um and everybody gets paired again, and it takes another fifteen minutes. Also, that's that's at least my inter knowledge of it. I mean, I think Evan's saying that it's um, because they did the buys wrong. Um, but anyway, whether or not the system they were using could have coped with it, the point was was that it didn't, um, and it created a huge number of problems. And effectively, it took us. I, I believe it took us over an hour um, for us to pair the third round. Yeah, and it definitely was the third. Kurtz reminded me that it's when I was going to play Mark Rupp four out of the five times that the round was drawn, and then on the fifth one I was suddenly playing Kurt. Um, can Stats give two buys? Yes. Of course, it can. <laughs> yep, just manually pairing. <laughs> uh, only, only if you manually choose to give people buys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, um, you can override it effectively. But if you do a Swiss pairing mechanism, then it will never give somebody two buys because you shouldn't. Anyway, so this decision's really coming a bit of a problem. This, of course, is the game that we're supposed to play before lunch. So we've been playing now since, like, we arrive at about half past eight. We play. I actually genuinely don't even know what time it is now by the time we finish this game. The the day turns into something of a blur. It becomes a real, real slog. Um, I make tons of mistakes in game three. Um, It suffice to say that the, genuinely the next time I know what time it is, is when we finish the fifth round and we're waiting to find out who the top 16 are, and it is gone 11 o'clock at night. I genuinely had no idea it was gone 11 o'clock at night because we're just sat in a convention hall. There's no light. There's nothing going on. We've been sit for 14 hours, effectively, at this point, to play five rounds, two hours per round, plus a lunch, plus... A one-hour-plus delay, plus some additional rounds end up getting redrawn. And we end up with an absolute nightmare on finding the top 16 as well. This gets redrawn, shall we say, or, like, re-measured. The top 16 is redone, I believe, three to four times over. I don't know the exact reasons why, but, like, people not submitting draws incorrectly these things like have this huge knock-on effect and as as will as as the name Sean Emberley comes up there is at least one occasion where a list is brought out with 16 players on it and it's stated this is the very final top 16 cut of which Sean's name is not on. It's at that point that Sean leaves because it's like 11 o'clock at night and nobody's eating dinner for a start. <laughs> <laughs> um To then be told that there are reasons why this is wrong, they do it again, and now Sean Emberley is the 16th qualifier, at which point mm-hmm. he's already left, and there are people trying to get in contact with him to tell him that he is now a
4: qualifier. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Last yeah. day then. We're into the final day at this point. No, not quite. No, not quite. God. oh god. All right. Oh. Yeah. We go we we go to dinner, and as Stovetop says, we're we're very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost midnight. Uh, we all go to dinner together, um, like a huge group of people. You know, all the people that I'm staying with are there. Uh, Luke's there, and his uh, and his friend Brandon. um uh, stovetop stovetop, um barber there uh, i I really feel like I've definitely forgotten some people uh, who are down uh, down the other end of the table. We go somewhere and service is slow. <laughs> 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 because it's nearly midnight, uh, and and yes, I I do maybe uh, I I wouldn't say yell at the waitress, but I'm surprised that how uh, how incredibly polite all the Americans are to the serving staff when they don't serve us for about the first forty five minutes to an hour that we're sat in the Ooh, in yeah. the in the restaurant. Uh, yeah, um, so. There's lots of people there, and it is a great evening. And I do not regret for a minute going to dinner with all these people and having a good time. But it significantly extends our evening beyond that even further. And by the time we get home and go to bed, it is 2 a.m., and we need to be back at the convention for the Top 16 cut the next day at 9 o'clock. So, honestly basically half, half, of, half of the top 16 are sat here in this restaurant. So it's not personal extenuating circumstances. It is extenuating circumstances to everybody. But I really believe that there are a lot of reasons why I personally felt that I did not play anywhere near my best at US Nationals. There, I, I can actually pick out three games where I played my best at US Nationals. I played close to how I feel like I can play in general. And they are the first game of every given day. On the first game in the Last Chance Qualifier, the first game on day two, the first day in the top 16, all of them were me playing at the level that I feel capable of playing at. And in every other game, basically, I was just falling from mistake to mistake. And I personally think that the whole schedule that they put together and the entire way that the event was run was not conducive to a high quality of play. It was incredibly chaotic, and it was incredibly draining, and it was incredibly hard work. And so I think that that is unfortunate, that that is what they sort of see the game as and 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 I think that it's unfortunate that that is the level of play that it produced, because mm-hmm. as much as being and uh, you know being able to deal with those situations and being able to deal with and play well under those conditions, I don't think that it was conducive to uh, high-level play. That doesn't mean that the players there weren't good, but I don't think that most of the players there played particularly well. And those that did play well were those that were able to deal with it the best. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a really different skill set than what I think competitive short songs should be built upon. I don't believe that it's an endurance sport. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we move into the final day and the, the, the trend of it improving continues. Like I do, like Friday was better than Thursday. It wasn't a total write-off, um, despite the huge number of pairing mistakes and stuff like that. Like we did, we did get, get through it. Um, and I think that it was more worthwhile a day than the day before. At least, you know, we were significantly above the 16-player cutoff. So basically, half of the people who who uh, entered the event made the cut. Um, and yeah, Doug, you know that that is that is that is a definite sentiment um, that I would. I think a lot of players kind of voiced. Um, we move into last day, and it is now a four-round knockout event. Top sixteen seeded based on your finishing position from uh, the day before. Finally, I would say if you're going to run a top cut, this is at least it's been done correctly. And as far mm-hmm. as I know, nobody, yeah, no, they did not mess up the bracket. I mean, they've not you can't mess up a bracket, but I mean, you could. Like they've shown <laughs> that you can mess up Swiss pairing, right? Like. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't do something odd like, you know, seeded first round into Swiss draw, where, you know, basically, if you crush your opponent in your first round, you're just going to get given somebody who crushed in their second round. But interestingly, it meant that you could see your entire route to the final, at least everybody on your own side of the bracket. Uh, Luckily, as I say, first day, I was playing Kurt in a rematch from a game that I played the day before. uh, And now I was playing one of the best games of the day. Um, first game of the day, and I'd also had a decent amount of time—my uh, four hours sleep—to ponder, uh, to ponder what I was going to do. Um, and, uh, and 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 I played the best I played all weekend there. So I'm sorry to Kurt that uh, you had to play me on that that game. For me personally, I then went in to play Luke uh, and his Starks the round after. Uh, I'm still actually super happy with my game plan, but not the implementation of it. Uh, I made numerous positional mistakes um a huge one in round one which i then have a very easy opportunity to rectify in round two uh with a swift um reposition maneuver or whatever yeah yeah yeah. and and fail to do so um if I remember to use Baelish and claim horses, then I can block a charge. Basically, I have the tokens and I need to charge block him and instead I entirely fail to do so. And Luke punishes me incredibly hard. And uh, and and that's the end of my tournament, which is fair enough because uh, I had not performed significantly well the day before. Uh, I came out of the first day seeded seventh. Uh, so I was playing seven into two playing up against Luke, who'd done much better than me the day before, and he continued to punish any given mistake scene. I do not think that Luke had anywhere close to the strongest list at the tournament, and therefore he did exceptionally well and played exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, he, he he also kills Jorah off of an overrun with Great John, you know, watch the stream, you'll you'll see. Uh, the the it, was, it was more devastating than even I thought it was going to be after I knew I'd made a positional mistake. But for me, I felt like I actually had the list advantage into the game mode, into everything, but I need to keep my activation count higher than his, which allows me to always deny double charges, always deny any positional plays that he makes. Um, but unfortunately, I make a big slip up and let him in. And, uh, and, he, and, he, and like I say, he punishes me as hard as you possibly can, uh, as quickly as possible. Um, and, uh, and he's a well-deserved winner in that game. Uh, I went away for lunch uh, after that. Um, so I didn't actually see his game against Lobster. But a lot of people came back to watch the final. I do think that the final is not actually that high-level play. Like as in, and I think that that's an unfortunate to say, and that's not, and 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 as I prefaced, that's not actually a reflection on the players. That's a reflection on the nine rounds that they've played in the past thirty-two hours or whatever it is, right? They've been playing song back to back continuously for a yeah. ridiculously long amount of time with almost no sleep in between, and I think that there are a number of unfortunate mistakes in that game. Um, which a lot of... It, interesting point, actually, coming back to... Uh, I know Arika, she kind of wanted to speak about this, so I guess we'll kind of end on on this in terms of the event itself. Um, there are a number of, not mistakes tactically, but literal, um, like, miscounting of things or slight rule uh, mistakes that happened in the game, and there are 20, 30 people watching, and I know that I was commenting you know we were discussing the game with some people we were aware that there were mistakes and there were referees watching and generically speaking um nobody interfered nobody corrected the players um because that is the believed kind of like the players need to play the game but i think that after nine rounds the players are exhausted and you are just asking for But for not top-level play, you are asking for mistakes to be made. You are asking for problems to happen. Um, And I think that that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Luke was a very, very genuine, worthwhile, um, you know, deserved winner. Uh, I think that he played the best of everybody there. I think that it is unsurprising that he was the number one rated player going into the tournament um on stats <laughs> yeah yeah um you know like i know a lot of people sort of expected uh myself and brett to do significantly well but you know like i like honestly guys like look at the ratings like you know i have i have not i have not won any games in quite a while uh and um and you know like i i, I really do believe that um Luke showed why he was the number one rated player going into the tournament and proved that he was because he did not win based on list he did not win based on luck, he did not win based on matchup uh, and I just think that it's unfortunate that he didn't get to showcase the very best of his talent because of the situations that we were playing under
3: Mm -hmm.
1: That's fair Um,
0: There's one last thing I want, uh, want you to talk about and I know the guys the other week mentioned it um the uh the great work that luke is hoping to do with the winnings uh you know fantastic i really hope that vogue as well you know when that all kicks off the ground and he gets the product and stuff um but did you want to make a comment on on the yeah.
1: top three yeah um so I also think I also think that it was disappointing that they awarded a third place, but they didn't play a three versus four. Now, I do think that it was great that everybody sat around and watched the final. But as far as I know, they determined third place off of secondary, and then they even went to kill points because the secondaries were matched. Um, position, uh, they, they determined it based off of secondary and tertiary unit destroyed tiebreakers based on the three knockout games that those people who were in third and fourth had played which yeah. i think i think i think was when we go on to talk about the fact that that is a 250 dollar uh gift card i think that that is odd um and not it's it's not insignificant you know like uh, particularly for some people, for for some yes it is. For, for others it, it it's not. For others it really can um, you know allow them to buy, purchase a faction that they just really couldn't afford to have the spare cash to pay for. So um, overall the prizes. Um, if people don't know, I, I, I don't know if Mickey Mickey said I was awarded. <laughs> I was awarded most sporting, or actually as it was called, uh, I think it was called. Um, the chivalry prize. Uh, (laughs) And actually I had, I had, I had a real laugh um, when they, when Simon officially put on their site, I forget, I forget uh, the exact wording, but effectively either somebody was being too kind with their words or somebody was having a personal in joke when they announced that, uh, that I had won the chivalry prize, which demonstrated that I am the best the community has to offer, or something like that, because I thought that was exceptionally funny. Uh, <laughs> I can read it out if you want. Would you like me to? Uh, this is on the C <laughs> official Facebook.
0: The exact yeah. wording: Special congratulations all to our also to our chivalry award winner, Carlo Connor Hill. Carlo was voted among his peers to represent not only the spirit of the game but also the best of the community.
1: So there you go. There you go guys, best in the community right here, Um, though I believe like it was an incredibly close run thing, I think that they actually, um, it was a tie (laughs) and it had to go to a uh, a vote. Um, So what I actually won was the uh, have you ever heard of this person prize. Um When it came down to a vote between a lot of people so, uh, he, so
0: interestingly, I've just seen Feng in chat there saying uh, if he'd have known what was at stake for third place, he'd have requested a third place game i yeah. you know what I think yeah. um ilya invitation lobster like I think Ilya probably would have played that game as well um I yeah. know he ended up walking away with the win for that third place um but i I genuinely think he probably would have played that, knowing ilia he's he's pretty good like that um
1: yeah yeah i you know. think i i i do think i i i feel like, I feel like Feng can be disappointed that he, he he wasn't able to um at least try to, 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 to have the opportunity yeah. yeah um and so um so yeah on the prizes in general you know i i won the chivalry prize and uh i, I don't i unfortunately can't show you the cup i wasn't able to bring it back uh, i do need to ask Brett to try and send it to me, but it was uh an extremely impressive um glass uh glass trophy um in a cup shape which generally looks like uh, a winner's cup uh second place um roger um he also got a very winners looking trophy um looking like uh it was um uh, a winning prize, and then Luke got uh, another trophy, which is uh, very impressive. But oddly enough, I think that the second one looks more like a winner's prize, but uh, that they 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 definitely say uh, first and second in the right way round. Um, but yeah, you see a very distinct cup uh, on Roger on the right there. yeah, uh, but they came first, second and third, mm-hmm. um as determined by Simon. Um, and you know, I do think that Feng was uh, should should feel unlucky about not being able to get to play for third place particularly when we see that um luke as first place finisher was given effectively i don't know the exact situation of how it'll be distributed but a thousand dollars of price support roger 500 and Ilya, 250 um this is generous right like let's not Let's not say that it's not generous price support, because it absolutely is. It is very generous. It is, if anything, it is over generous. But I still think that a lot of people were disappointed by how top heavy that weighting is, how the other top 16 qualifiers received nothing. You know, uh, if if we're talking about, say, you know, card games or other other things, other tabletop games, uh, Legion, Armada, all things that are within um, the Asmodee, or at least used to be within the Asmodee wheelhouse, you would always have expected all top 16s to, well, to be honest, you would have expected all qualifiers and all nat- national entrants to receive something such as, you know, like... In a card game, they would often give limited edition mats or limited edition versions of a card. Pro- promo cards. So,
0: That's quite common. Promo, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Promo cards, promo mats. The equivalent that they have in Song is, you know, the gold miniatures. Golden Stannis and Renly, yeah. Yeah. I would have expected at the very least that these were given to all entrants. If not, then, you know, top 16 day two qualifiers just how incredibly top heavy that price support structure is seemed very very heavy handed and i know that there were a number of people who were disappointed not to have received anything for the position that they came and um and, and i think i think i think that's unfortunate because it's not that Emon or day aren't willing to throw enough money at the situation it's that they don't Uh, try and um, express enough of the community with where they give that prize support, in my opinion. You know, um, I have everything in the game. I don't need some extra... um, I I don't need anything beyond the award, which was great, but it's surprising that they would have a community award, but then would not give any given prize support to that beyond the cup. Um, And actually, they gave some battle foam prizes which had been donated by battle foam uh, luckily because one of them could house the cup so <laughs> it will be able to be sent to me inside the battle foam um but that there is no painting prize that there is no other kind of um championing of the community um yeah and as stuff says it just it just sort of suggests that they don't that they don't understand uh, the community and what the what it is to grow a competitive community, but using competitive in the right way, right? because what they're doing is they're growing only the ultra competitive side. They're growing only the idea that you're there to win. yeah they're not growing the idea that you're there to participate and that competing should be uh rewarding for everybody and that competing should be good for everybody um and yeah coming back you know like really back to doug's comment from ages ago in a lot of ways the community did deserve a better tournament they deserved a better event you know like i i i I couldn't have had a better gen con but i i was very disappointed by the running of and 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 if honestly i i don't know if i i think a lot of other people there were too i don't think that that is their general standard in the u.s but if that is your general standard if that is if people like oh no it's always that chaotic or oh no yeah and, you know like it's always we always play like forever and it's um and it's an absolute grind and it's a whatever like i would say I, I think you deserve better because mm-hmm. i i felt in the way that the event was run, it was the least good event that I've ever been to. Some of the best people, some of the, so, so a really good standard of player, outside of the condition, the grueling conditions that people were playing under. <laughs> um, nothing takes away from all of that part, but I don't think that it's being run um, as well as events can. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not what the community deserve in that respect. I really I
0: really like the comment there. The community is seasons one to five and Seamon is the final season. That, that is a little bit what it's like. And I have seen, and I don't want to sit here being like the rabble rouse or anything like that. I have seen players in the US who run events, the likes of Null or j as he's known on, on the Sunday Slaughter Discord, um, uh, players like even Bob and other players like that um, saying quite literally that, like, how unreasonable is it to try and run a large US national type event without Simon's name attached to it? And um, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy because the US is massive. Trying to get people to come to this event is hard. But uh, it's not not impossible, right? It's something that you can do. Um, If the community members are really wanted to, you could turn LVO or Adepticon into, like, an event like this. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, look, it's possible because other people do it. But it literally is possible. Look at France and the way that they're doing the French national event. The LGT, you know, a year, OK, it wasn't that big. But now we're running one of the biggest events of a song history. Uh, France is looking to top that and make an even bigger event. Um, the German event, which, yes, it had as-, as many support because of the background of the people who run it. But they still had that as a starting event that they're hoping to grow it next year. Um, these are community arranged and community sourced events that are cropping up and being run by players because they want to run them. The Spanish event, like the massive league that they did. Um, we have seen this time and time again that the best way to get events out of this, the best events that we're seeing, are the events where people passionate about the game go, let's run a fucking event, and let's do it well. And every time Seamon, Asmodee, put their hands in the pot and say, oh, we'll help, or "Oh, we'll do this thing. We saw a top 16 cut where it wasn't necessary. We saw a top 8 cut where it just wasn't necessary. We're seeing meddling in events that I think the community could probably just run well on their own. They Mm. want the support of the system. They don't need to be told what to do. And I think that that's the big thing with the community. The community has got some great people and some very capable people in it as well. We're talking about people who are, you know, can you run an event? And Carl Curse, you know, West Coast Bannerman, can you throw in a song event on in this shop on this day? Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Fuck it. (laughs) And he'll just arrange it. It'll go, you know, and it'll happen, right? And he puts a lot of work in because he can. Does he get huge numbers of players? No, you know, but he can run a 20-man event almost straight away. Yeah, drop of a hat. And he does it regularly. And that's just one of infinitely many people in this community can run these events um and uh yeah <laughs> work in progress ad for lvo uh i i could Carl um yeah, lvo because he asked me to do his banner god god forbid and so uh, this is the very first mock-up Shall i put this out there this is a very first early mock-up with none of the actual things on it but there you go so lvo quite literally uh cool happening which is already there and Carlo. Really, you'll notice.
1: really showcasing the vegas there
0: oh yeah carl asked for it uh, <laughs> um you'll also notice carlo it's square you know where this is gonna go? There, on there the we site. go yeah it's gonna go on the website um but yeah i mean um evan's saying that uh, minnesota might something ama- uh, might run something amazing yet yeah, this is the thing right Duncan rhodes is going uh maybe i shouldn't have put this live because uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't actually know that's confirmed no. yet uh carl i don't think carl has confirmed that double check so
4: that being no, yellow he's that tea. yeah he's
0: just cash yeah. i oh, know what i'll do it on a monday night I'll, I'll throw that tourney ground thing on what i'm going to vegas <laughs> um yeah uh so yeah anyway there's that um yeah, I mean I'm glad I'm glad uh, I'm glad GenCon went well. I'm there, glad that it was amazing. There, there are some
1: uh, questions. Uh, I mean, did you yeah. did you have anything you wanted to add or ask? Uh, Clarence? Clarence?
2: Yeah, I had a bunch of things I wanted oh. to add and say. Um the, the I mean, I'm I'm going to try and go back now and remember, but uh the first thing I want to say is I was hoping to maybe attend GenCon this year. Uh after listening to that, I kind of almost I'm glad I didn't make it. It sounds almost almost like
1: too grueling. I don't regret attending. I just, yeah, let's be very clear about that part. I don't regret attending at all. I had a very good week uh, hanging out with people, spending time with people. I just, um, I just, I just, I just think the event can be better. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I can't help but think now, like, Occam's Razor just doing something simple, like 64-person Swiss draw is the easiest way to do things. Um, and, uh, you know, Sh- Sean Emberley said to me, uh, in the event, like, it was so chill t- today. Like, it was nice to have all this time. It was nice to have And like, you know, I just came back from Gen Con and like, comparatively, this was so much more chill. And I was like, well, is because I also play the game and I know what the game's like and an hour and a half round is ridiculous. You know, I think even two hours is, is a bit tight to get a full game in sometimes. So that's why we... They were given and said, "We'll just give two numbers, and no one should be able to complain." Either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I feel like they tried to
1: do something really complicated, and I hope they've learned. Yeah. I hope, I hope they. It feels like they just shot too high. They they keep. It's that they. It seems that they don't understand what is being successful within their own system. don't seem to look at the the events that are being run and are being successful like lvo like masters West Ross, like you know they none of those were invite based things none of them had uh none of them had top cuts none of them had uh, like nine rounds none of them had whatever and instead they look at their own very unsuccessful nationals from the year before where they you know ran five rounds and then top cut the next day and which then turned out to be a one day event and then a one day event, like and they don't learn from that and say, Oh no, maybe we should improve. There are it, it is an improvement over last year. Let let's be fair. You know, like last year, the twelve man la the, the twelve man last chance qualifier that we had this year was basically last year's nationals, right? Like to get to twenty nine people is a step up. It's it's you know only to the same level that as some people in chat are saying like small local communities are achieving in like any given city elsewhere right so i still think that the bar that they've come up to is still like basically mediocrity which when you consider what's attached to it um you know like gen con is an expensive place to travel to so you know there are there are some you know some people will be turned off by that part, but there will surely be far more people who are turned onto it by the ability to be at Gen Con and like you know have the whole four day event go on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do think that, uh, that 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 it is worth saying it is better than for all for all for all we can tell. Like I wasn't at last year's; it is a much bigger and better event than last year. Um, so so that is positive. There is there is one thing to be said. Some people were asking about like other people. Um I think that the event, um the the organization and like uh, pairing and you know, like starting of the event and stuff like that, I, I do think that it was chaos and not not well enough organized and structured. So I will say there were some judges who um, who were there on the day. Uh, who i didn't know of Uh, they weren't players that i was aware of any new way and i was a tiny bit nervous that they might make some really odd rulings or like some things would come up Um, and on the few interactions that i had with these people they were incredibly knowledgeable about the game they seemed passionate about song they knew about the community so Suddenly, we're back to this. I like that. Th- this thing that these people seem to be somewhat connected to the community, and they could answer my questions. They could give me rulings that I didn't. You know, like maybe there, there was just some ones where like I was maybe looking for confirmation of what I could or I did or didn't believe could happen, and they were there, talked through it in a really good manner. So like the people who are there on the ground running the event actually couldn't have done any more for me. It's just the organization and the overall kind of thing that 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 seems to be the issue. It's the plan which they've come with which is incredibly flawed. To come with the idea of this five-round event and to insist I'm, I'm trying not to be personal about it, but to insist on not using the one community tool which is known to work very well. The sheer number of people who at this event telling me that they like using the tournaments through stats and that it makes their tournaments easy. As far as I'm aware, basically 90 plus 95% of all the entrants had stats accounts. It's not because people don't want to make stats accounts or people don't like stats. It's because they choose not to use it. Um, So like, you know, that it's the decisions they make way before the event which cause the problems. It's not that they're not trying hard enough on the day. It's not that they're not nice, knowledgeable people. Um, So it's kind of crazy because they feel like lessons that you should be learning from, learning from other tournaments, learning from what has and hasn't succeeded in the past. People asked as well about Michael and Fabio. Fabio was around um, most of, or or like significant amounts, of um the finals day and uh definitely saw him the day before at least in part um and fabio was great to talk to yeah you know like he uh, kind of like spoke spoke about songs spoke about not song um uh, spoke about brazil and stuff like that Um so you know nothing 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 to be said about fabio other than positive things michael was not present until the award ceremony, which I thought was disappointing, he was at the con. Uh, he turned up, um, basically during the final to watch the end of the final, and then was there there during during um, dur- during the presentation. Um, I, I think I think that it would have been nice for him to be more engaged with the game, but I mean, I he definitely had other commitments. Fabio and him were doing demos of um zombie side and other things so you know i just i just think that it was quite clear that song is not a very big priority for him and i don't begrudge him that but it was disappointing to see it in such a literal manner
4: mm-hmm. yeah um yeah
0: uh, i have nothing to add of course uh, that was uh, a great Breakdown. Uh, thanks, Carlo. Um, uh, any other questions? Or anything that you want to ask, Clarence, or any questions in chat that you feel like you want to tackle?
2: I just wanted to add that as a tournament organizer, you know, aside from the first round where I had to manually pair, it was so satisfying. Round two, three, and round three to click, you know, whatever that button is, draw Swiss pairings, and then a second later, boom, it's ready to rock and roll. And uh that was that was great. So uh I can only encourage other people who want to run events to do through the stats site. It does make your life really easy past the initial pairing.
4: <laughs> I'll fix that.
2: Yeah. Maybe T- soon. TM <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Um no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um I I, I I don't really know what to say on the tournaments other than um it was very interesting to me that obviously people who speak to me by huge majority know that I am the creator of a song a rest of rice and fire. So there is going to be an amount of um, pleasantries and, um, you know, just being polite when people say things like, Oh, I like the site or, you know, like good work on the site, those kind of things. But, the number of people who specifically called out the use of the tournament builder um, as what is significant to them as useful and important was not lost on me which is actually one of the reasons why i returned and instantly started working on improvements to the tournament builder because it made it very, very clear to me that that is what the community get the most value out of stats, or at least what they vocalized to me on the day and what seemed to be of most value to most people uh, who I was interacting with. Now, I do understand that there are a lot of people who ask, like, can we have XYZ stats back? Can we have like a thing that allows drop-down menus? Can we have blah, 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 blah? But stats has like, evolved, a incredibly long way from where its initial concept was. Um, and so, you know, like, I, I do very much appreciate people feeding back to me the, the parts that they do use and the parts that are most valuable to them and parts that are their frustration, uh, okay. such as, you know, when it doesn't just draw your first round boom and it puts, and, and you know, I'm I've, honestly, I've, I've been there myself, Clarence. Uh, it's done <laughs> that to me. And I know the sudden cold sweat that appears on you as the TO when you're like, oh, my God, the round hasn't drawn. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, like, they're the things that I really want to be able to avoid and um, and, 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 and provide for, for people who want to use it. Uh, so it's what I keep trying to improve. But I will not lie, it is discouraging when... When, when CMON slash Asmodee organized play, it was run by Asmodee organized play because Simon are not there in their own capacity. Whoever quite makes the decisions, I will never know. When they insist that they cannot and will not use this site is discouraging to me wanting to continue to make it as good as possible. Um, and so you know that that part is disappointing, but uh, you know I I did maybe hope that a conversation with Fabio might uh, might take us take us further down that road, but I don't think um, you know it, it seemed it seemed quite 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 clear to me that that at um, the very least is not a Fabio a decision that Fabio is making in any part, and so that discussion is not even really worth having with fabio that's not that's not that's not something that he can do for me uh that's not something that he can do for the community so you know just unfortunate that um it
4: falls maybe on deaf ears
3: Mm -hmm.
4: yeah we'll see um uh, I think at this point
0: uh, I feel, I feel destined to mention that now that we're at a thousand subscribers on YouTube, A just quick reminder, we are sponsored by this little foam mat
1: here. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for that, uh, Carlo. Not paid for by Simon. Not paid for mat, by Simon. Sure. Um,
0: so um, the next thing I want to do, and this next part um, is uh, a great part of the week. We all love this part of the week. It is of course, some cool minis that we're going to judge. Now, brace yourselves i have prepped carlo with this image before he has seen this on my phone uh-huh. so he can get a, vi- a good look of it uh clarence i will send you these via discord now so i can get your live reaction to
1: these okay yeah no shot pikachu's from carlo today. no
0: shot pikachu's from carlo i mean he still might give us a little sneaky uh, sneaky shot pikachu uh, just in case um right are we ready yeah Let's, uh, let's drag that bo- bad boy onto there. Uh, This is a all unit right? that is... Uh, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? It's all right. Um,
1: it's, uh, it's okay. Ooh.
0: That's the job, I guess.
1: Looks good. Mickey already knows wow. that I'm going to have an issue with the fact that the base has too much height on it. <laughs> Classic. There's a guy on a
0: rock in the corner. A uh, guy on a rock? Immediate zero. Um, <laughs> um, Thank God. I can't find many other reasons why it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? I really like some of Luke's stuff. Don't get me wrong. Luke and the stuff he submits. Yeah, he even sent me a message today with something that I'm going to wait till next week to show you all. Um, but I'm sorry, Luke. This is probably the best unit for A Song of Ice and Fire I have ever seen. Um this is phenomenal. So it's a Unit of Warrior Sons, right? And as we can see there, the uh, the paint on the front there, you're probably all saying, Ah, oh, it's Warrior Suns! You can't be a good unit of Warrior Suns until we see the cloaks. Uh let's bring up the cloaks. <laughs> they are they are crisp. Um that is uh that is a sexy, sexy cloak right there. Um uh, <laughs> yeah, Luke's saying the rainbows have rainbows. Um this this is a unit and a, and and the effort that's been put in this um this is way beyond just a good paint job right mm-hmm. this everything about this is just amazing right um personal opinion i do genuinely think this is the best thing i've ever seen for a song of ice and fire um i'm going to show you just how amazing this gets in a second because if anybody spots, there's Easter eggs with the images I've been showing you. If anyone can spot the Easter eggs, let me know. I'll bring them back up. Clarence, the two pictures you've got, you should be able to go through and find these Easter eggs as well. Uh, I will show you some of the others. Ooh, thanks, Eric. I some think stuff it's back. also
1: worth noting, in my opinion, uh, I think it's a relatively majority opinion. Warrior Sons are not good sculpts no no they're not <laughs> they are showing their age quite distinctly and man he just he's really blowing them out of the water here he is
0: so uh there's the
1: base alone which uh don't get me wrong that's good
0: that's nice he's a zero strong zero <laughs> tactical rock uh but we would not have such a, a lovely uh a lovely base if it wasn't for some literally hidden easter eggs none of the fi- uh, pictures I've shown you'll have this on but uh just creeping up round the back of the base we can see this here wow <laughs> that is uh the wings of winter just casually placed <laughs> behind or underneath the steps of the sept uh that has been casually put there um
1: Amazing. uh
0: just you know, just a casual little thing added in. Uh they are magnetized, I believe, Luke. Um they are magnetized uh to the base. So if you do ask, that's that. And uh not just that, but over on the other side over here, we've got uh, a poor sod who is is uh, has met an untimely end and it's also uh sat down there as well. Um, so this, I mean, this is phenomenal. I also have some pictures he showed me of the working, so he actually did it. Uh, there's, like, the work in progress. He built that up first before he can put... Can see all the magnets? Yeah, we, you can actually see the magnets of the feet. Um, get a much better... Anyone seeing this, he actually quite literally got a picture of the book and was drawing yep. it out. I mean, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and then you can see there the the kind of the lid that he had, which has got the sept, obviously, steps and the, and the flatness on there. Uh, and the way he's built that up there. Phenomenal work. Now, um, I'll leave this picture up here. There should be enough images here or enough information with this picture. If you can got it on a high resolution, definitely pick it out. Uh, there is an Easter egg that we haven't even talked about with this unit. Uh, and this, to me shows the dedication of this particular player he's not just a painter he 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 includes so many things in what he does um and this is from chris uh friday uh fnm uh chris fnm in the uk who honestly like i told him at the time like this is amazing um he uh he said he originally just sent me a message out of the blue being like if you got any more of them zeros <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you know with the meme and the scratching and then and then he posted this and the first thing i said to him was the if anyone's seen the astov movie with the guy just going
3: oh <laughs> like that
0: was my response i just i couldn't i didn't know what to say i was just like wow
1: um so my favorite bit, my, my my favorite part is actually yeah. the uh, um is the sword down the shield the free hand of the sword is actually i think even better than the rainbow and the cloak mm-hmm. Uh, Stovetop says it has to be a 1. You know I'm leaning towards 1. I'm wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> we'll get guys, that. Guys, I'm leaning <laughs> I'm leaning. So, I think I
0: think we'll see with the cherry on the top. Carlo knows the Easter egg, right? The big reveal of the the Easter egg. Um Ariakas, Clarence, any idea?
2: Okay, I've looked long and hard at this closely, and the only thing I can think of is. Is that champion of the faith Polish Peter? (laughs) Oh,
4: wow! (laughs) Not what I thought you were going to say, but it does. That
0: would be amazing if it is. I'd love it to (laughs) be. Oh, um, that would actually be amazing if it was. Um, I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, no. So, what I want you to do, Clarence, is the models, the the models in the unit, right, there is one of in the back row, uh, this uniqueness, there's two of it in the middle row, and all three on the front row have this unique aspect to them, if you can see it. Give you a clue, it's about what Carlo likes the most.
2: Oh man, okay, let me... uh, So, Carlo, what do you like the
0: most again? Remind the chat. Not dicks.
4: Wait, what? I really like the shields. (laughs) There's a
2: clue. He really likes the shields. All right, they don't have shields normally, right? Now they have shields. Correct. And how many shields are on the back rank, Clarence? Uh, Looks like one. And then the middle row has... I can only see two. Okay, and the front row? Has three.
0: Just quickly remind me, Clarence, if you were to go to the Warrior Sun stat card and you were to use Battle Prayer or whatever it's called nowadays, how many hits do Warrior Suns block on full ranks?
3: (laughs) Um,
2: Wow. Ah, it's a reflection of their hardened rule? That's hilarious. Yes,
0: he literally has the hardened rule built in to the number of shields the unit has on each rank.
4: (laughs) Okay. I would have just is given him one of shields, you know, Yeah, like, you just given the him shield all shields, ones, right? But Chris it, doesn't but, do that,
2: you know. But, oh, that is deep. That is like, you know, that is two. That, that is a five head thinking. Yeah, we got we got down in the chat.
1: Everybody, everybody's, everybody's mind blown. Yeah,
2: um,
1: it's only a little thing,
0: right? It's only a little Easter egg, right? Um uh peter says six uh <laughs> adam not present <laughs> um
1: yeah. why, why are they not seven for the seven for the seven uh the seven you know yeah the seven i don't even know what you call them the seven gods the new gods mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does he add shields when he uses adam i, I think he, he doesn't play adam in war sons it's not uh it's not canon enough um <laughs> uh maybe it actually I'm really worried now that Chris actually has a load of magnetized shields that he would put on the unit. <laughs> like That is exactly the kind of like crazy level that Chris may have gone to. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's stop with the joking for a moment. Uh, this is
1: amazing. Uh, this is fantastic. This is the best, this is the best, best song unit I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, that,
2: yeah. So I think the big child creative paint jobs are some of the best paint jobs, but as a complete package in terms of the basing and the easter eggs and the garden built into the unit, this is, yeah, easily the best overall package I've seen. As well. Yeah.
1: that so, yeah, looks right. Even the stump is well
4: painted. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think the only
0: piece of, of feedback to Chris is um, lose a bit of height. You know, you don't need tactical rocks, perhaps. Um, but apart from that, uh, Carlo,
4: Can I have your rating? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 Honestly?
1: 10 out of 10. Now, that is... uh... It it makes me feel bad for everybody that I gave a 0 to in the past, but, you know, like, (laughs) I... I mean, honestly, I... It, particularly from the starting point of Warrior Sons, who I actually just don't think you can. I mean, yes, people do nice stuff with the rainbows and stuff like that, but I don't think the models are brilliant. Um, yeah, like I, I don't think you can do more with that unit. Like,
2: yeah, that's deserved. I, you can't give this any mockery. This is the best thing I've seen for some.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't give out a zero. Does that mean we can stop? We can stop doing zeros We can stop doing zeros every week.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that that image Luke sent me uh, from last week. You know, uh, or this week. You know, that's never going to get airtime. Now it's over. This segment done. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Credit to Chris. Um, there's uh, and and actually, strictly speaking, he said, "Has he got any more of those zeros? A one yeah. and a zero next to each other? That's still a zero. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, (laughs) we been discussing it recently, um, you know, at the club and stuff like that. Chris Chris, Chris FNM very much assumed this unit and an army that goes with it will be at the LGT. The competition in the painting category at the LGT this year is going to be through the roof. It was already really high last year. There were already a lot of really good competitors, none of whom were Chris. Tim Whitney's work, other other players from around the UK. They've the all toons. got brilliant yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, the Toon family, Dan McDonald. There's, there's been a lot of great work on display. Uh, and I think that Chris has, you know, moved the bar higher with this unit. So
0: I know, uh, Tim, was it when he was, Tim was up in Durham, he said like, oh yeah, like the stuff I didn't paint is nice, but like I think Chris... Is like does some nicer stuff i think basically tim had realized because him and tim actually do paint together sometimes uh like on streams and stuff like just chatting with each other and i think tim was basically like yeah chris has properly thrown the gauntlet down <laughs> and tim like felt pressured to raise the quality this year um yeah and as a has said an army at this level would be insane and I... honestly i
1: think he has one like yeah. um I mean, I've seen his Gregor and his uh, and his knights and other things going on. Like yeah. I really do think that he will not to put loads of pressure on him. I do think that he will turn up with a whole army of 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 similar quality to this. Um he will probably wildly handicap himself with a <laughs> totally totally janky list that uh, that, that is not uh, that is not meta defining at all. Um, but it will be genuinely without a doubt the nicest army that i expect to have ever seen on the table
0: mm-hmm. i'm hyped i'm i'm really hyped I, yeah. like i'm not like i'm not a big painter myself like I, I i enjoy it but i don't like producing stuff quickly i don't like painting lots of stuff that's just not me i use painting very much as a personal thing to take myself away from stuff um it helps me like that's what i use it for i don't enjoy trying to rush through things and i'm playing the wrong army painting a billion raiders is like my worst nightmare (laughs) um like i without a doubt like look at pieces like this and i'm like i want to try harder but also i know for a fact that the level i paint and the speed i paint i'll never achieve this um when somebody produces stuff like this because they love painting and they love the hobby side of all of that and they, you know, they're willing to talk about it as well, help people, um, like all those, you know, YouTubers that do it as well, uh, the likes of Miniac and, and Goobertown Hobbies and stuff. Um, I have a huge amount of credit for them. Uh, and, and this is genuinely very good. Um, so thumbs up from me.
4: Zeroes.
0: <laughs> one, one, one zero. <laughs> um. All right, then. Are we glad we had that? Are we glad we had that segment? Oh, yeah. yeah. And people were like, yeah. when we did that survey, they were like, oh, that segment, it's a bit iffy, you know. But sometimes you get gems. Absolute gems.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. So,
0: I'm well aware that we're two and a half hours in, and we're only on to the third topic. Ah, fourth topic, if you count this one. Um, and it is the FAQ. The Seamon FAQ that came out uh, as of a couple of weeks ago. This came out just after Gen Con um which on the most part was a good faq because it had all the things in it that it had before it didn't remove anything it only added things that's a good start um just a very quick rundown uh they clarified sentinel which i think everyone was pretty glad that they clarified sentinel works in regardless of the units destroyed uh, sure. As a result, they also yeah. clarified diversion tactics, which also works after Unit Destroyed, which everyone kind of went Is that right? Don't really know, but okay, sure, that's the ruling you made on it
1: So See, This is the thing though, right? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter that that's not the way the community had previously interpreted it yes. that it's now specifically answered in FAQ yep. So that we all know where to look and we all are on the same page. Yeah. And so whether the community agrees or does, disagrees that that's what the answer they expected was, that you're on the same page is the most significant part. They also clarified the Cold Hounds ruling, which I think everybody was kind of like, we all,
0: with, with the Red Cloaks change and that change to the rule they had to do for Red Cloaks double. And it's actually technically an errata.
1: I, I, yes. I don't think you should say that he clarified because it is actually an errata, which is yep. quite important. So I think that there are some important ramifications from this. It's mm-hmm. when an enemy in long range performs an attack rather than an attack action. Yes. So for me, uh, A, this means that you can stop it. You can give minus one on the charge, right? Because we all know that an attack action doesn't lead to an... uh, A charge does not lead to an attack action. It leads to an attack. Unless I'm wildly mistaken here, it also means that you can utilize it when an opponent shifts into 12-inch range with you and shoots because it's on the attack, not on the attack action which the attack action was performed and begun from outside of long range of you but after the shift is the point at which you perform the attack so again i think that that's another not insignificant buff to the way that raven flock works mm-hmm. um yep. one that i used myself when i played him um i think cold hands stonk bang like really think that cold hands is brilliant
0: yeah, yeah, he was already good, right? Uh, yeah, and he's he was definitely already good,
1: I and mean, he just got better.
0: Yeah. Um, we then have perhaps, a, I mean, it was a useful ruling if we just, just, just take this in context for a moment. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, say a couple of episodes, ago, I want to say twenty or thirty episodes ago, we talked about how Newt doesn't work with zone replace assault orders, and how that whole vassal mechanic didn't really work. Like it was, I mean. I'm gonna use the term intended. I think everybody kind of thought, it feels they intended for this to work, but the way they've written the rule means it doesn't. And we can't say what they intended because we don't know that for certain. We can only go off what's written and it doesn't work. Uh, So they came along and they errataed it, which for everyone's like brilliant, they've errated Vassal so it now works with those things that it should have worked with. And they give us this errata. This model counts as name slash commander for all abilities and effects which is probably the worst fucking written errata you could possibly fucking give for this rule. And I do apologize for my swearing. We're not getting monetized anyway. Like, this is just, like, mind-numbingly dumb. Not because of Satin, and we'll get onto Satin in a minute, and the LGT's ruling on that, which Carlo will try and explain just very briefly. Um, <laughs> nah, dodge that one. Um, But specifically, and people in chat have already said it, adam adam commander or adam attachment sorry with his uh, jamie's protector rule and jamie's vassal which now means that you can attack adam's unit and the response is it gets to charge or make an attack back regardless of what else is in the game literally doesn't matter if it's alive it gets to charge or attack back whoever attacked it
4: um it's just dumb like, that, that rule alone... Okay,
1: okay, let's just... Okay. Yeah. Right. Let's put aside... Yeah. ...people's feeling about the ruling. Yeah. Let's just begin with the assumption that that's what his card states. Yeah. Now, everybody... And everybody talks about the ludicrous infinite loop because it's not an order... The Mm -hmm. ludicrous infinite loop of being a that Adam Warrior Sons attack Adam Warrior Sons, Mm -hmm. and they both, every time one attacks the other, it chain links into attacking each other. Well, yes, you can always choose to attack back and continue the loop. Any given player at any given time can choose not to make the attack back.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: It is a loop that you can choose to break. When they're not in benefit anymore, right? So no, you're not actually stuck in an infinite loop. Players can choose to continuously do it, but both players must continue choose to continually do it. Okay, but if you just told me Adam had that ability, which is every time he's attacked, he gets to charge or make an attack back, and he costs two points, I would say, you know what? That's what a two point attachment should do.
4: So I don't Probably. even think it's that ludicrous. Not really. It says it isn't a choice. Have a look, It doesn't say may. Oh dear. Can you
0: choose to use an ability you can choose to use an ability. Oh no, you can't unless it's Mm.
4: There's a question. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> I didn't actually didn't actually check the exact wording. Adam Am I an idiot? Oh, he's at the bottom, isn't he? Because, uh, yeah. Uh, after Jamie's unit is attacked, this unit performs one attack or charge action on the attacker. It's mm. not a choice. It doesn't say may, technically. Infinite loop. Oh, well. Um, and you can't choose not to use an ability like that, unfortunately. Um, which in itself is a problem. You should be able to choose that ability or not. Uh, That's just a
1: given. Um, I still think that people are talking about the most extreme situation of it yeah, and not its generic effect, which I actually think is fine.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Points, it's fine, because what are you putting this two-point
4: attachment in? You know, what... I mean...
2: uh, Golden Company Swordsman? Maybe.
4: I don't know.
0: Honestly, I think non meme. I think your best bet is pyromancers because the chance of being one shot so low, and at least you're gonna do a fucking ton of damage back in theory. Um, you could put them in warrior nice. Suns for infinite bashing on each other's shields, and just have, hey, that'll be good. Chris's chris is, Chris's is chris amazing warrior sons, and it's like, oh, what did your what was your game? Well, my amazingly painted warrior sons just sat there in combat with an another warrior Suns until round, well, and for the rest of round two. <laughs> what round do you end on? Round two. <laughs> um, we just kept attacking. Uh which, you know, whatever. Um
1: So I I mean like people and, and again people are doing like, oh you can bait Adam into doing XYZ. Well, if that's true, you always could do it with Jamie anyway. Yeah. Nothing has changed in that regard.
4: No. You just do it by um, attacking his unit instead.
1: So let's be really specific. All the Arata did was mean that Adam is Jamie. So Adam also qualifies as Jamie. Tactics cards
0: as well. Yes.
1: No, but like he also qualifies as being Jamie being attacked when he's attacked. Right. So if you have any issues with the way it works outside of Adam procking his own ability, then you have no issue with the errata. You have an issue with Adam's actual rule, yeah. which you only have an issue with now because he might actually see play, because he might actually be worthwhile now.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I still don't even think he's necessarily the best two points you like best two points instrument. Yes, it is silly. The most extreme situation that. Two Adams fighting each other can just, you know, go until somebody's dead. Adam's not even the only problem, though.
0: No. Satin, which I know that some people... uh, I'm just going to put a line under this straight away. Satin with Commander's Vassal. People have said this is the generic version of Vassal. Um, I know in the conversations that Carlo, uh, Chris had and things like that, um, that was not something that was lost upon... Them for the LGT ruling uh, that was mentioned, but in the end of the day, you can't just say it's the generic version of that rule because you have to follow what is written. And I know that seems at odds with other rulings. We'll get onto those ones in the future. Um, Carlo, did you want to explain your thought process for satin? Just very briefly, you know.
1: Yeah. So I think it's worth putting into context for a start, that I when, when something's an errata, I believe it's quite important that an errata says, this is what the rule is, and you just begin with a totally new frame of reference, and you just replace the wording of that card with the wording of the errata, right? And that is, like, chances are it doesn't also come with an FAQ, it doesn't also come with some kind of explanation or some rule change. Now, the errata, generically speaking, will have implications. But, like I say, with Raven's Flock, there are sometimes in totally, sometimes there are very unintentional implications which can come from it. In my opinion, Satin's card now says, because Satin is, of course, the one that says slash commander is referring to Satin. Her card says this model counts as commander for all abilities and effects. As far as I'm concerned, that is what Satin's card says. And if that's what Satin's card says, there is a very distinct set of rules that that implies. Now, you could argue that there should be a whole extra sentence, which is, this model counts as insert your commander's name here for all abilities and effects. They could. Oh. I'm going to throw it out that they could have literally put
0: name slash commander's name. Exactly. That would have done.
1: Exactly. Her, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> His. <laughs> um, oh, dear. This model counts as commander... All abilities and effects. Commander has specific rules in specific game modes, and therefore I believe that it meets the requirements to be your commander, but does not have
4: the name of the unit.
1: And that is what I believe. This is not an FAQ to 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 give like a further understanding of the way that the rule should be resolved. This is an errata which says, start again, here's what the card now says. My interpretation from a new clean slate of that's what the card says, is that that is what the ruling should be. And so I think that it's significant that errata's are not FAQs and FAQs are not errata's.
3: Mm
4: Ariakas
2: looks uh, inquisitive. Yeah, I'm a little bit puzzled. So, um, I actually didn't even know what the issue was with Saturn until you guys brought it up. And is it because Saturn's rule does not say it's computer meter's vessel?
4: His-
3: sorry,
1: so you check got out for me.
2: Oh, sorry. Um, so, I didn't even know there was a problem with Saturn until you brought it up. Is the problem with Saturn? that Saturn's rules say commander's vassal and not vassal?
1: Well, she does not say commander's vassal. For a start, she says you count as commander. Yeah. Okay, so 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 just to explain, the ruling which I decided off of this, you know, I take, you know, like, this was my ruling. This is the way I believe it works. There are game modes where a commander's unit has an effect in the game, so, Fire and Blood, Clash of Kings, um, possibly some other things. Yeah. Satin will count as your commander's unit. An additional unit counts as your commander in all of those situations. And all the benefits and negatives from the back of that will apply to Satin's unit. I think the thing that people, lo- some people, or maybe a lot of people, or whatever, take issue with, as far as I'm concerned... Satin's card does not say this model counts as
4: Jon Snow, Cotter Pike,
1: Donal Noy. Therefore, when you play a card, which has a beneficial effect when targeting Jon Snow's unit, Cotter Pike's unit, Donal Noise Unit, or within short range of Donal Noise Unit, which I believe is the way it works. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I believe that none of those apply to Satin, because Satin does not say that she counts as your commander's name. She says she counts as your commander. Now, if commander had no effect in the game, then I would say it can be argued without any opposite argument being made that what they meant was this other thing because it has Mm. no literal effect unless you add some extra words. Mm -hmm. But what I say is this has a game effect. You cannot add extra words at your own choice because you think that it's supposed to have a different game effect. Mm. That is my personal... Belief on where you can and can't add extra things, because I know that we're gonna be able to. We're gonna say, "Oh, what you say rules as written."
3: Um, so field control,
1: field control shouldn't work because of timing. But I say field control has literally no effect in the game unless you add some extra text in there, and therefore I believe it is only fair to add. Some additional text. I mean, to be honest, you have to add fuckloads of text. Like, its timing just doesn't work. But
4: <laughs> so, some people saying
0: um, if you apply the text straight, uh, no, Abisius. So when you've got something in square brackets like this, if anyone's not used this before, um very common in document creation things like this. This is a text field. This is actually a reference to the la- uh, the language on the ruling. So where it says. Uh, open square brackets, name slash commander, that actually now is calling the name or the commander from the rule that's being applied. So what it means to say is this, if you look at Jamie's vassal for a second, let's look here. This is a text call out from Jamie's vassal. This model counts as Jamie for all uh, game effects or whatever, finishing the the FAQ off, right? Or the errata off that is a text field reference point you do this in document uh that square brackets is something that's referencing another point that's very common in document parlance i agree that they did not identify that but like we know this rule would mean literally nothing if you just put that in square brackets the rule wouldn't make any sense if you just replace the text quite literally Um, therefore you have to make that one step removed from the actual text we see So that explains the the square bracket usage there. Um, Otherwise, you just have this model counts as name slash commander for all abilities and effects, and there's no such thing as name slash commander. Like, that thing doesn't exist.
1: (laughs) So, So, I mean, like, I, I absolutely... Guys, I'm not saying I'm right, you're wrong. I'm saying this is what I believe is the most literal interpretation Of this errata. And I always lean to the literal interpretation of the rules. Hmm. Regardless
0: of how it actually impacts the game. It's not important with how it really impacts the game. As long as it does something in the game. Then that's a fair ruling. You know. I I personally think that Satin. Probably is a generic version of Jamie and things like that. But like. We're making the rules. And. I'm not going to sit here and disagree with the ruling that's been made either. Um, because I can understand that point of reference and I understand the logic behind it. doesn't mean I agree, but it's not about agreeing or not. It's about understanding it.
4: Um, uh, yeah. Um, Shall we move on
0: to other yeah. things that come up? Clarence uh, is like, I didn't even know this existed.
2: Uh, <laughs> right it's um, so subtle. It's so subtle, and like I've never ever
1: seen satin before. So, it's <laughs> like, uh, and this is this is the thing. Like nobody even bothered to check whether or not Adam's rule was a may or a requirement because nobody fielded Adam. Mm.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Anyway.
4: Um. so
0: Doug makes a good point. You're also saying it's your ruling for a tournament you're running. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like, This is for the
1: LGT. It's not for everyone everywhere. If you you don't like it, don't feel gilly or don't feel satin or don't, you know what I mean? Like, and if you really, really don't like this corner case thing about one thing in the rules, then feel free to take your protest as far as not attending the event. If that, what, you know, Yeah. but like guys, like, I think it's interesting, you know. It's it's interesting that I, I actually forget how many things we were all on. Like maybe thirty questions or something like that. Like lots, lots were just just gotten rid of because they're so straightforward answers. We were all on about thirty things, and maybe one or two of them are things that people don't agree with. Maybe either on the majority or the minority. Like you, there are plenty of people who like. Pick up on a rule which the majority are like, no, 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 that's a completely normal, fair ruling, and they're like, no, 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 that's wildly wrong, um, and people take huge exception to it. But guys, if 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 the designers turn around tomorrow and answer on the forums that, that this is wrong, like I'm just like, yep, yeah. oh, nice one, yeah, yeah. um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not here to tell you what's right and wrong. I'm here to tell you this is what my ruling is for this tournament that I will be running. And I'm giving you this ruling far enough in advance that you can make changes to your lists, your everything, your preparation for the tournament, because you know, this is how it will be played. Mm -hmm. Yep. There is no need to take exception to any of that.
0: Yeah, and we can debate, you know, we can debate what the ruling should be and things like that, but that's got nothing to do with the event, really. Um, Yeah,
2: I'm really glad you've decided on a road, and now people can just decide what they want to do with that. Yeah.
0: I also, um, this is a little aside, Uh, somebody literally took this to Facebook. And said, like, made, basically made a post and he like, oh yeah, this ruling has been made for this event. And, oh, I want, I'm literally like started tagging people and say, oh, well, no, I want to disagree with it. And I, I know I got very frustrated when I saw that personally. Uh, and I literally said, go and like, talk to the organizers about it. Like, if you really, really like that much invested in you hating a ruling, like, at least go and ask for why that ruling was made in the way that it was, which hopefully now Carlo's been able to satisfy for people. Because taking it to some random group and to calling out random players to try and get rulings changed in an event that they've got nothing to do with is both just not appropriate and and uh, and ultimately I think is just a bad show.
2: Um, that was a funny post. That was a funny post. Yeah. And they have since removed it <laughs> yes. but it was definitely funny.
1: MCLX. Yeah. Aka Evan. Uh, uh, also going to have a go at you in a bit, so don't let me don't let me don't leave. Oh. <laughs> as much as I very much enjoyed meeting Evan and having really great great conversations with him at US Nationals, i I'm, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna tell you where it's at in a minute. alright Jesus Um, right uh, other changes and now's watch has ended
0: uh, which is again probably my least favourite FAQ of the world ever because it didn't answer the questions that we wanted answering Um, if two of this card have already been attached to friendly Night's Watch units plural units and a third friendly unit is destroyed so it's two units then a third can I perform the effect of both cards yes This did not clear up the ruling of if they're both on one unit, can you declare them both when a second unit dies? As a result, the ruling that, I mean, I don't know if it's covered in the LGD document, but the ruling that we've tended to agree with most of all is if they're both on one unit, you can trigger them both if you want to, but it only gets the effect once. Um, So, it would be silly to trigger and discard both cards. Um, That didn't clear that question up. It did clear the question up of multiple units, though.
1: Can you do both at the same time Doing separate point? units if one dies? No, I don't particularly know of anybody who had issue with it, but I'm no. sure or, like, you know, weren't, didn't play it that way, but it's very easy from a position of an echo chamber of PTS players who all play and interact regularly to believe that everybody plays it the same way and doesn't have an issue with the card. Yep. Yeah. A um, much... A
0: much appreciated errata in some ways uh battle endurance from gray worm was changed to be melee only where it used to be uh where it used to be ranged it was it was one of those things where i actually didn't mind that gray worms worked on all attacks i think what was frustrating was something we did talk about when we reviewed the cards why the fuck have you got cards oh, yeah. with the same name that literally aren't the same you know
2: um
1: one of these things is not like the others. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm glad it's consistent. I'm yes. not happy that it just makes Drogo even more of a standout choice. Yeah.
0: yeah, That's the problem, is that this is not this is actually a balance change with this errata, rather than a, a ruling clarification. Um, and and changing the balance means that, as you say, Drogo is better. Uh, which just kind of sucks. Alright. Um, uh, all right, uh <laughs> I answered this one um you can bring back free folk raiders if they brought uh a greyjoy player can bring back free folk raiders and the sword uh what i find interesting about this ruling a greyjoy player could control a unit of free folk raiders if they had brought the unit beforehand which means that this faq question implicitly implicitly says but so if you want to play in the sword, I don't have to give you my dead
4: raider unit for you to put on the board. I don't have to do that. You have to provide pain. the unit.
1: <laughs> uh, I think it's fine. Um, I mean, I think it's fine because. I, I think it's fine because what if you then aren't able to put a unit on the board yourself? Yes. Yeah. Because you've given it to your opponent, and that was the only spare one you had yeah
0: i i agree um I do agree there uh, I just think it is very interesting that they uh they went that route um diversion tactics we mentioned that one and the sentinel we mentioned as well, uh, which i think is uh, earlier up in the document um what is dead may never die this set of ruling is very weird, and I know led down this kind of real rabbit hole with how Various things interact and links into something else we'll talk about, no doubt. Um, The trigger was obviously when a friendly unit would be destroyed, which I think is how everyone played it anyway, uh, because it didn't work if you played it when you were destroyed, because that conflicted with so many other problems. It caused more issues than it was worth. Um, If the unit had less wounds than the D3 rolled, does the unit gain those wounds? The answer was yes. Um, My problem with this bit of text... Is that, if the destroyed unit had less wounds than the d3 rolled, does the unit gain those wounds? The definition, the only way you can ever be destroyed, is when you lose your last wound. So by definition, this is saying, if the unit had one wound (laughs) and you roll a d3, you must be rolling one or three or two, and therefore you will be gaining wounds. Um, that means that if you started on more wound, less wounds, they must be referring to the starting wounds of the unit before it died. Which doesn't make any sense if you remove models one at a time.
4: Because by definition, if you remove models one at a time, you'll always be on one model.
0: So, that's a bit of a problem, like again it's an implicit problem from the way that they've decided to word that. They then follow it up, which is a clarification of something that they then answered their own question kind of thing. Do these gained wounds count as being restored for game purposes? Yes! Although the words restore wounds are not written, there was a net gain of wounds from this effect. Which now has a problem. If you're on three wounds, you die, you what is dead may never die, you re- and you survive on three, you have not restored wounds with this FAQ ruling. You have stayed on wounds.
3: Mm.
0: Even though you have almost definitely restored wounds. If you start on two wounds, die, and roll a three for what is dead may never die, you go back up to two, but you can't go to three because you weren't on two to start with. That would be restoring a wound, assuming, let's say, you had a new Martel card that prevented healing.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, follow me... up is it a lot of weird because weird only because for Simon, because they've preempted a question before it's even been asked. Yes, um, because nobody was asking whether or not things count as restoring wounds before they created Martels, which restore wounds. So literally when this FAQ was written, they were preempting a question that nobody had ever asked before, which is odd because they never, they, they say that they answer the questions, to the community, like as in, it kind of shows that what they're answering are internal questions, not external community-based questions.
0: Yeah. Um, the LGT, I mean, this, this links in, well Carlo, you probably take it here from now, but uh this links into a ruling made uh to somewhat on to the last, right? Um this kind of idea and this line of thought um in part plays to the last.
1: Yeah, I think that it has implications around the idea of when a friendly unit would be destroyed, which is a very complex trigger. Um I know that there have been some people who have been very vocal, Evan, <laughs> about, about the fact that I believe that um I believe that you can back to back trigger um to the last and then after that I, if you fail them, then trigger what is dead may never die, if you're greyjoy, or um Um, Silecin if you're Baratheon can come after the failing of those triggers that is because I believe that the failure of the test
4: triggers a would die
1: situation triggers a would be destroyed the point at which you take the test and then fail, has led us back to the idea that I would be destroyed. Because would be destroyed is the time at which I'm going to take these models off the tray. It's also very, very important that if anybody tries to even marginally reference the idea of simultaneous actions, I will say to you, None of those rules apply because this is not an order or a tactics card. which Just specifically what simultaneous actions refer to. Therefore, if you tell me that I must declare them all at the same time, that I have to then resolve them in an order of my choice. No, nope. they are rules which are defined on the simultaneous actions and are a reference to orders, tactics cards. They have no reference to an innate ability which is always on
4: and does not count as an order or a tactics card. Therefore, I believe
1: that the most logical solution is that each one creates a new point at which you would be destroyed, and you can resolve them Basically, at your own choice, shall we say, between playing the orders and playing the card. You do not have to declare the use of the card, then play the order, then not even, not even. I, Evan, I'm pretty sure they don't fall under it. Uh, and here's where we come to the specific. Evan has been relatively vocal that this <laughs> is not how it works. And I will say to you, Evan, the same thing that I used to say to Brett, which is Evan claims that he has somebody in the know who can flat out guarantee that is not how the rule is made. So the same thing to you that I said to Brett have said person make the ruling in public or shut the fuck up. <laughs> because it is of no use. You having somebody in the know, that is no value to the community. Either they make the ruling public to the community under the authority of who they are, or it is worthless to say that X, Y, Z knows said person. Not to beat on him. Brett used to say this a lot, and literally more often than not, Brett was found out to be incorrect when it came to FAQ.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm just saying, Evan. <laughs> I do appreciate you saying and trying to help in that. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. But it is put up or shut up. You're not allowed to use that as an argument as to why you know that it's right. And
0: also, I'll add on to that, right? As a as a little bit of like solace. I understand, I understand fully that you're sat there and you're like, you want to help, you know, you've got this ruling that someone's given you and you're like, you're sat there like literally with the answer in the palm of your hand and then you can't give it to anybody because you're not, you, you know, you, it's like the magic bean situation. Oh, I've got these magic beans. How do I know they're magic? Oh, just trust me, they're magic beans. And it's like, oh, you'd be an absolute idiot if you believe that I would buy those magic beans from you. Like, what a stupid concept. And the problem is you're sat there and you know factually that they're magic beans, but it's irrelevant because everybody around you like, no, you're clearly an idiot. Shut up. Uh, that is very difficult to deal with, um, and uh, I understand that.
1: So, so, uh, so people are saying, Simultaneous Action says situations may arise where both players wish to trigger an effect. Are both players wishing to trigger an effect?
4: No, one player is trying to trigger an effect. We're not simultaneous actions. <laughs> Charles <laughs>
0: logs in and I'm talking about magic beans. Yeah, Weasel. But again, uh... guys, this
1: isn't I'm right, you're wrong. This is my best and honest interpretation of the way I believe that the rules are. This is what I believe that it says in the rulebook. I do not go out of my way to interpret them to benefit any given faction or anything. I am not participating in the event. This isn't because I want to use queen's men or king's men or silence men and I want them to be more powerful. This is the way I believe that it is. This is the way I believe that the rules
4: are interpreted and should be interpreted.
1: And that is how it will be for the event. And there's no need to get emotional about it. You know, you can be, you can believe that the that the FAQ that we have put out will have wider ramifications for the community and be a wider way that a rule is adopted and interpreted. And you could take issue with that. But I would say it's not our role to make an official document for the entire community. People want to use it, they can use it. If they don't, then don't. If Simon would answer these questions, I would not argue with them, with one exception, which is I actually have overruled and believe that there is an incorrect interpretation by a forum post which is vague in the way it's answered. So I don't believe that it is answered in the way that some other people are, which is I don't believe that a scorpion has 360-degree line of sight on an overwatch shot. Yeah. I will say that I break my own rules because I am willing to overrule what the developers say, if that is even what he did say in the answer. I believe that there is no there is no logical conclusion that you can come to which says that this innate ability of a scorpion gets applied innate ability of a scorpion shot gets applied to a rule which is not around a shot so
0: Uh, I think on that note I will just add uh, onto what you've said there Carlo that the above is true for the reasons given Um, so yeah Uh, (laughs) it's uh, yeah I mean there are lots of things here um, that have ramifications right and things do have ramifications but like Carlo really highlights it. Like you should never realistically make a decision on a rule based on the balance of the game. You make a re- you make a decision on a rule based on what the rule says, then you deal with the ramifications of that uh, later on. And that's why we can look at yeah. field control and make the decision that we make on field control as a community, because we can say yes. The ramification being the game doesn't it, the card does nothing. In that interpretation, if rules is written, we can't have something in the game that literally does nothing. It might do little things or be not very effective and be a bit rubbish that's fine but if it literally does nothing then we have to take a step away and we have to go right how far do we have to go how unreasonable is it to make this card do at least something and they have a
2: solution um wait a sec but field control still lets you move your own unit plus one movement
1: Yes, it does, the but the whole half. second half of the card has literal no use in the game. Yeah. So, so that entire second paragraph Would literally you... can't be applied without without additional yeah. um, timing modifications being added to it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. But like... in Saturn's case, you're saying Saturn still counts as your commander for Clash of Kings.
1: Yeah, it does, and work. therefore has a game ramification and has a implementation. So who am I to say that the implementation, which I read is wrong and that I am going to add additional rules, which now get us to what I suspect is, was there an initial intention?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, bottom line, people are, you're not know, going to make your own happy, but you've done the responsible thing of pub- publishing this months in advance and people can decide what they want to do.
0: I will add on top of this, actually, though, um, I do think that a community FAQ is what the community wants. The community wants, to some extent, the online community definitely want a document that they can go to, that let's put it bluntly has more answers in it than this Seamon on one, that they can reference and say, like, this is the rule set we're playing. Um, Myself and Carlo, um, and I do talk on his behalf as much as I do talk my own here, we... uh, We have both said on multiple occasions that that is not something that we believe is beneficial for the game as a whole. Um, We don't believe that having effectively a rule set, which is what a community FAQ would create, is beneficial for a wider community. Um, However, right, my opinion now, I'm under no illusion that these large events Do have and are starting to have ramifications online because they're seeing these big events being ruled in certain ways and people are now saying maybe we should follow that ruling maybe that is correct even if I can sit here and say but I don't agree with it some people might say oh yeah but maybe that is right I am under no illusion at this point in time that we are moving towards a community FAQ happening And I don't mean we'll be involved. I don't mean that that's the LGT one. I mean that I think there is now a call for it. And I don't believe that Simon are currently doing enough to stop a group of players getting together to do that. People have tried in the past, didn't really get off its ground. What Carlo said about Michael and the Simon in- involvement there at Gen Con and stuff like that. Um, I can see it happening. Um, and uh, yeah, Paul also mentioned, even if you had a community queue, there'll always be some whining. Oh, 100%. Um, there always will be. But I I don't know how Carlo feels on that, and Ariakas, I don't know how you feel on that. Um, My
1: issue has always been with it. Um... And, and and it's kind of the same with the same with the site, and it's the same with the nationals, and it's all the, it's the same same with so many things, right is The authority is derived from two places. It's either given by Simon
4: or it's given
1: by overwhelming community consensus right so demon gives uh, validity or actually not authority validity is is the is the right word right mm-hmm. simon gives validity to any tournament that they choose to endorse and call their nationals suddenly it has more value than any tournament that isn't irrespective of the entrance size and quality etc Community, the community assign validity to other events which they know and believe are
4: important as well. Simon
1: give no validity to the site and its ranking structure, but there are definitely a very high proportion of the site users and community involved around it that give it validity i cannot make you the world number one player mikhail in simon's eyes but in a lot of people's eyes he has been the world's number one player for the past six months right and that is exactly the same with the faq but it becomes even more important who gives that
4: faq validity?
1: How are you gonna go about choosing who and who is and isn't involved? I we the three people here in this chat all have names that people in the TTS community know, people online know. Maybe everybody knows, to be presumptuous, everybody in the community knows to some respect. We could presume that we have the authority and the validity to come up with a document and that it would be worthwhile. But how do you determine who is and isn't involved? Who has the validity to even say, yes, these people have the authority to be involved? And that's where things get incredibly messy. I have
4: authority and validity over the
1: LGT. Now that you've seen in an event that I am running, this is what I believe to be the rules, And in a discussion with other people, I would happily debate these rules. And if I was overruled by a consensus, I would change these rules. But for me, this is what I would say if I had sole responsibility for determining a community FAQ, this is what I would put in. And there are people who have issues with it. And I don't think you're ever going to remove The fact that if you answer every question that the community has, which is going to be 50 to 100 questions, that you will find almost every person has an issue with one or two of them. And therefore, not a single person in the community will be entirely happy with the document that you put together. And so how are you going to put together a group of people that then have the authority to say, yeah, well, you don't like it, but this is how it is. And maybe you could, but it's a huge amount of work. And, like, who who wants that? Who wants the huge amount of work to even get to the point to then have a discussion about what the rules are?
4: Sad, but true. I mean, I
1: Eric I don't know if you have other, 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 a different opinion on it or whatever, but like that's my feeling on why it's very difficult for us to get to this point. Not that the community wouldn't be improved by it, but that the community acceptance of it will never be adequate enough.
4: I I completely agree.
2: Um, I I don't think there should be a community FAQ because we have no authority and no, you know, um, I guess it's a word really, authority to to create such a thing and enforce it or ask people to use it. Um, I do think organizers should probably answer these questions for their own event. And I think, you know, I think many previous TTS events have done so preemptively and I think it's a great standard to set. But yeah, I wouldn't want um, a community epicure out there that says this is how things are to be run going forward because you are not seeming, we are not seeming, so you know, why should I take your word for it? Why should I listen to your interpretation?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Exactly. You should listen to um, you should listen to another person's uh, discussion and interpretation. Right? That doesn't mean that the answer that I come to has to be a thing that you accept and yeah. until that authority is given by the developers to a set of people that will always be the case yeah. and if the faq doesn't give you something to fall back to and say yes well the faq says the community faq says x so that is the way it's going to be because we can't decide then all you have is a written verbalization of what is community consensus anyway. And maybe maybe it's my, you know, maybe it's just because I'm actively involved in online TTS games and listen to uh listen to people uh playing games and watch them come to rulings mid TTS game and stuff. Personally I feel completely aware of what the community consensus generically already is and I don't need it written down uh for me to reference. So yep.
4: Um yeah, I have nothing to add. Uh that is the way
0: that it is. Um uh I think like all these things, like it's a ruling set made for an event. Um it's not meant to extend beyond that event uh but you can yeah. use it if you wish to like we're not going to stop you um but like the last thing that i think anybody here would want would be like oh but this person said that like i've made rulings on like random tts games right before where someone says this that and the other um and somebody asked me a question like I, I i'm like oh i'm pretty sure it's this but i don't know i'm like i'm pretty sure it's this um and then it's like that person might go, "Oh, that Mickey said this," or you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm right. <laughs> like, I think I'm right, but like, I don't know." <laughs> there are other times where I'm like, "Oh, I know, like factually, like this rule I am 100% certain on is the right way to play it. This is how you'd resolve it. Things like that. Uh, there are some, but again, most people know those. Um, yeah, it's uh." is what it is on that front um you mentioned earlier clarence that you didn't have many rulings come up in in canada much at the great
2: open no no and i I also credit that to the fact that um i think most of the players were in the newer category i think uh, of 18 players maybe five of them were kind of hardcore most people were not um i had maybe one or two questions per round very easy to respond to Uh, and no tough questions at all came up really. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty smooth. None of this does satin
1: count as John Snow kind of stuff. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I mean, and this is what it comes down to. The reality of it actually happening is incredibly low. People get very upset over these rulings, which yeah. actually are nearly always corner cases. Like, yeah. you're having to rule on a, an interaction which is so unlikely to happen in reality. <laughs> but yeah. to be well prepared for an event with a preemptive faq you have to be exhaustive in the, in the in the in the extent to which you try to answer things so you end up in the dark depraved areas of rules interactions which were never meant to be you know like will adam versus adam actually happen maybe maybe now that people like now that the now that the ruling has been made it has possibly become more likely because people think that he's now powerful, but. Oh, Gilly. Why are we still going on about Gilly? (laughs) The only thing rules as written, Gilly must activate like all units. Two FAQs ago, there was an answer (laughs) on the forum, which said, Oh, vaguely speaking, that's not roughly how she's supposed to work will add some extra words in a future FAQ. They have not, twice. (laughs) We can only, we can only, and, 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 and. What they did do was they added a new rule which says that NCUs don't activate if the board is full. As far as I'm concerned, they have answered the question, which is, if the board is full, Gilly does not have to activate. and She does not die. However, if the board is not full, she must activate like everybody else and will die. It is.
3: They it have is clarified by it far.
1: in an FAQ. It's called. Whatever that rule is. Full tactics board. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have to
0: admit, uh, the Gilly thing, I think, is like. It's like one of those the biggest oversight memes. Like. We, we have a way of playing it. like No one, I think, at this point knows or disagrees with that way of playing, at least not online or anything like that. But it is like literally the dumbest situation we've ever been in with a rule, ever. like It's different if you know that a rule doesn't really work and you kind of have to play with it, field control, for example. like We'd love that to be FAQ'd or erated to be right, uh, the whole NCU activation bit. We'd love that to be sort of sorted out. But at least we can manage it. Whereas that whole gilly interaction, even now, I agree players are sat here being like we all play it this way but how the fuck is this actually supposed to be ruled? Like,
1: does anybody yeah, like, actually no know <laughs> what Seamon designed this for? Worms, the can of worms to make her anything other than that is actually huge. Oh yeah. Right, like, yeah. The yeah. ramifications of how it will then interact with Relentless how, yeah, yeah. how it will work with start-turn triggers how it works with I don't know all sorts of different things.
0: It's 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 truly like one of those kind of like, I'm glad we rule it this way, because if we didn't, holy mother of God, we would have so many questions. Um, Yeah, the lawyer's paragraph needed to make her work properly. Oh, huge! The whole card. And the fact (laughs) that it was Michael quite literally saying, "Oh, there's some card missing off there uh, that we'll cover in an FAQ, like some text missing off there that makes
2: magical hand waves."
0: Yeah. That's like, you mean, I mean there's a document that goes along with Gilly? <laughs> like I brought Gilly in my army, and here's this 200 page essay on how she works. Yeah. Uh, would you like this to read it, that? This is one
1: k So I brought this one model, <laughs> and here's the special codex for that. And I brought this one other model, here's the codex for that. You just um... take. Mate,
0: just go along, two of you, right? You go along, and one of you has Gilly. And then one of you has to take Barris and Selmy, so you've got the targeting rulebook there as well. You've, what more do you want? I mean, how many more rulebooks can we have in there? Um, <laughs> oh, it's. Anyway, moving on. Um, small announcement. Uh, the official tournament pack for the LGT, the Grand Tournament, is now out. Uh, version 1, because uh, people make mistakes and you may have to correct things uh, before the event, like even some stuff which. You know, I know that it gets checked, but things like spelling errors do creep in. Uh, but yeah, it's out. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because some of it is like where and when, which if you don't know by now, then we clearly haven't been advertising it enough. Shout at us uh, like a lot. Shout us a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, the LGT, the, um, the schedule is out, uh, in which case we see here this is the Saturday Sunday event, the main event schedule. We see uh, four rounds on the Saturday being Game of Thrones, Dark Wings, Clash of Kings, honed into three rounds on the Sunday feast, dance, Game of Thrones. Um, Carlo, uh, you're my favorite person for two reasons. Fire and blood isn't in there, which I think is just, it creates net. I say negative play experience is the wrong way of saying it, but in my opinion, it creates games, which are not enjoyable for players to think about. And and I, it's my least favourite game mode by a country mile. Um and not because I play free folk, right? It's because it's just is a game mode I think is dumb. Um I mentioned that earlier. Uh that was one you missed off. Um
4: do you wanna just quickly explain the omission of Fire and Blood? Um Lee Teddy picked these. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Le Teddy's not playing in the main event. He, he, he actually chose them. I looked over them. I gave them the okay. Cool. Uh, interesting that Ross here picks up that uh, Game of Thrones has played twice. Yep. Um, yes. I was actually just going to say, um, it's just reminded me that in the US Nationals, mm-hmm. there are five rounds on the Saturday, four rounds on the Sunday, nine rounds, or fr- Friday, Saturday, there are nine rounds. There are nine competitive game modes. First day, we played five different competitive game modes. On the second day, we played two more new competitive game modes, and we repeated two. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It seemed really like it was set up to play one of every mode, and then they didn't. Um, So I thought that was quite an interesting choice by them. It was practically an omission by them that two modes are not uh, tournament worthy. Uh, they right, chose... you, you, you gotta fill us in what was not played yeah so they chose to admit uh, here we stand because we never had mm-hmm. to do table quarters I'm pretty sure
4: uh... it's a clash Wait, no, of we kings definitely both... yeah no clash I don't remember them. what the other one was you play I think far it far might have been no one. yeah I think it's no clash of kings Okay. Which is odd because I think there's a good mode. Um, yeah, so
1: we included Dark Wings words. We know that people aren't wildly familiar and wildly on board with the secret missions, but dogwings words also scores on objectives, and it's a very fast scoring mode. People, we found last year that people playing secret objectives took way too long, and loads of games went to time, but that's because they took too long to read, and learn, and do the secret missions. They wasted too much time, and I think that that is I think that's unfortunate, and I I, I do think that players just, like, if you're going to go to a tournament, you need to be uh, aware of the game modes, and I do think that that's on the players myself. So, we did take note of though that like we're not just going to force a mode on people that they're not familiar with or give i give um give consideration to the fact that it is a mode which may take longer for people luckily dark wings dark words scores incredibly quickly so the mode plays out very fast and teddy even had the great idea that it is after lunch if you don't know what the mode is, you can spend your lunch learning what the mode is. <laughs> Any player comes to me and tells me that they didn't know what Dark Winds, Dark Words was, I would just say, well, that's your own fucking fault.
0: Also, um, Dark Winds, you don't choose the cards, right? You don't have the mission no, card, you which know, is wins. Yeah, so you're going to play there. them. There's no choice about what ones work for your list, which, again, cuts yeah. that out a little bit.
1: Yeah. I do think that Winds of Winter is a pretty good mode. I I, 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 enjoy but I understand that, you know, the whole... Pre- picking your six-card hand at the start of the game, all those kind of stuff, uh, will add time and does make people play slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are under some time pressure. You know, it's only two rounds per round. So uh, that is why dark. Um, that is why Winds of Winter doesn't make the cut. Fire and Blood, as you say, pretty much doesn't make the cut because it has relative negative play connotations for some people. And uh, we also skip out Here We Stand for the reasons which we think that it's just not. uh, It it adds unnecessary time to the mode, um, when people spend ages deciding and counting up their table quarters and counting up how much stuff they have, Um, and finally, I forget what even else is missing. That's That's it. it.
0: That's it. Those three missing.
1: Uh, Um, But we only have seven modes and Game of Thrones is repeated. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Not a nine of ten. Yeah. Yeah, so those two, three modes are skipped for those reasons. And Game of Thrones is picked twice to bracket the event. I feel, effectively, the four games on the Saturday are all very acceptable game modes. The Feast Dance Game of Thrones is a specific, tailored three game scenario ending, which is three scenarios that are all distinctly different to each other in their scoring mechanism and their style. So it creates the most rounded finish to the event. Yeah. When it really comes to crunch time, Not that, you know, people don't need to win all the other games on the other day, it's one giant Swiss event, but when you're really getting into the crunch time of, like, really top players playing against each other to determine the winner, these are the three modes which I would fall back on as being between them. If you can deal with all three of those modes, then I think that you have a very good rounded experience and knowledge and balanced list.
0: For what it's worth, like, outside of the secret missions, obviously, um and not because of the faction I play. I actually think the broad, uh, broadly, these are the three best missions out there as well. Honed is probably up there with being pretty good as well. And I kind of like Clash. Um, and I think Clash is easy for players to play. Um, The only weird ruling with Feast is the weird bit where the token doesn't end up on the court's file. That doesn't really happen that often. But the rules for all three of these modes are fairly straightforward, easy to follow. The game mode isn't the breaker for the games. It's the way you play the game mode and your game plan into them. Um, And I think that that is... I think it's a good selection of three. Personally, I like those three as a choice.
1: Um, Yeah. How did you do your modes at the Canadian...
2: Oh, very similar kind of concept. So there's four rounds, and I said I want one of each major kind of thing. So I want one scenario that's got the five objectives. I got one that's down the middle. I I want one weird scenario, be it Dark Wings or Winds of Wind. And then I wanted something fighty. But I don't remember what the fighty scenario was. Um, Probably Clash. I wanted Variety. Probably Clash. Clash. Maybe Clash. I can't remember anymore.
1: Yeah, there um, are generically like kind of like the 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 there's the five objectives. There's the three down the center. Then then there's the alternates like feast or clash or you know like various things. Not that clash doesn't have them down the center. And yes, then there are this um then then there are the secret missions. And I think that it's good to take a selection from all. And yet I think that here we stand is too far out. Of the way and a bit weird, um and I just wish that the community was more on board with Windsor Winter, and 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 this year we're not going to force it down people's throats.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 sad. I mean, I understand your reasoning, and it does make a lot of sense. But I I do love wins and honed and ready because I sorry here we stand. I love that, and here we stand. Your NCUs can do something different besides playing the zone. And there's another level of thinking involved in terms of putting your units in the right quarters. I love all that, but I know that it causes a lot of par- par- paralysis as well in terms of yeah. well, how to um, spend your time. So I completely understand the reasoning, and I'm sad that with 100 players, you're going to get people who are not very familiar with these scenarios. So I completely understand.
4: Uh, I've just
0: scanned through the rest of the document, all the various different other bits outlined, like 40 point lists, two of them, how you submit them, taking you through all that. I'm not going to spend a long time going through this with people because most of this is fairly straight forward for the people who would be watching this kind of video anyway. But obviously the, the, uh, the FAQ is there. Sorry. The uh, rule pack is there available on the discord. Should you want to read through it yourself? Um, it's got the closing dates for list lock and things like that. Um, which would be the 25th of September. So, uh, anyone worried that's uh, 25th of september shall i shall i try and get my list in before list lock this time carlo or shall i try and miss that uh, yeah, <laughs> <it'll help. laughs> yeah wouldn't it, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's all right i'll bring a mammoth um
4: what you need to bring it's fairly stranded stuff again uh do we actually um yeah so
0: we don't actually know if we say it so Stephen, although uh Stefan brings it's up
1: It's selected a,
4: terrain. It is selected uh, uh, terrain.
1: Uh, me, me, me me and Teddy are about to have an argument. Um, it's selected yeah, maybe, maybe Maybe it's not answered. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah. that could, could be promise. added
0: into version two. There we go. It does say um to cover all of their own choices in addition to two court spars and a castle wall section. So I mean hopefully, but there's no harm. Round pairings talking about that, again, same stuff. First two rounds, um uh, first two rounds avoid club pairings. So, Carlo will fix it for the LGT for that first round club pairing thing, because if he doesn't...
1: It doesn't break when I use it. That's why it hasn't already been fixed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I I like the idea of Carlo having to manually uh, draw 128 players without, uh, with avoiding club pairings. That would be fun.
2: Um, so, it yeah. He he, uh, <laughs> presses the button.
0: Yeah. Um uh any normal standard uh stuff for uh, winning and losing draws are defined i believe here um so if you're worrying about draws we do the draws as we normally would points remaining on the table at the end of the game um don't do a little finger and tom so uh um yeah don't do what they did last year uh because they we definitely don't... don't do that yeah that's just an actual draw, draw, draw recording event, uh, recording results, anything there not weird or anything that prizes, I'm not going to go through all of them, but it's all the stuff that we kind of awarded last year. Right. So, uh, first thing, third, um, each faction, including neutrals gets a faction uh, thing as well. Um, you'll then have the best overall army and the best individual painting, um, individual, individual painting, uh, judged by Duncan, who'll be at the event. Um, And that will be infantry or cavalry, no tray, just the best model. Infantry or cavalry with tray, units. And best solo tray, either small solo or large solo, including tray.
2: I'm sure you've already talked about this, and it's probably in the doc, but is there a restriction on what's available in the UK in terms of releases? Yes. You can
1: go. Yeah. There is. It has not been finalized we no. were trying we're trying to give as much time as possible for some things to possibly turn up yeah, but how much yeah uh, not there's actually an unfortunate list of things that I've never seen u k release um mm. the big one, red cloaks <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> like that. like Dad does never seen play and um and unfortunately, I was talking to mikel um and I won't go into what he was saying, but like Greyjoy hero box Two isn't out in the u k which <laughs> for a lot of Greyjoy players who are looking to do very well is an unfortunate knock-on effect. Um, Most sporting uh, gets, of course, a a big shout-out as well and wooden spoon. Um, So those will be up for grabs just like we did last year. Um, Rules disputes, consult the FAQ. Consult the rule book, consult the official FAQ, consult the event FAQ, then go to Carlo. I don't know if we've got it in here. (laughs) Yes, we've got it there. Every two tables will share a red card that a player may hold in the air. This is because Carlo is too short. No, um, Carlo can see these red cards being held in the air and go and deal with it. Um, there we go. It's going to be a large event. 64 tables playing a song, plus a couple of other tables with other bits and bobs happening on them. Like, it's a massive event. Hold a red card up if you've got a question. Um, yeah. Uh Timekeeping is going to be relatively strict, um, and you're going to have, call out times, times, aren't you? Uh, like
1: very mm-hmm. various yeah, time segments. we will have a canary this year, a working canary.
0: Yeah. Um, and then a load of bunch of useful uh, resources and stuff you can check out as well.
1: There you go. There's a quick rundown. Of the be pack. multiple people streaming, multiple yeah. tables, on every day of the event.
0: So again. No promises because you can't promise something, and then you, the worst thing
1: you do is promise something and
0: deli- uh, not deliver on it. But for example, I know that um, uh, Darrell and Scott are looking to stream for NRG. Uh, <laughs> we've got um, some of the guys from Rod and White Scars are looking to stream some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's one or two others, right? I don't, um, know, I don't
1: know who else will be because obviously streaming will require like people to be not playing and stuff like that so yeah i don't know if um if dmg
0: or anything are going to come down and video some stuff as well i think aaron was keen to do that for dead Matter. um we'll see we'll see how yeah. you know turns up on the day i don't think there's any at this point i don't think we're going to turn anyone
2: away right
0: um <laughs> uh go on ariak what was your question or what were you gonna say
2: oh no i thought uh bolton skincare chris trans coming he is he is. Oh, but he's gonna record, probably not stream. He is most likely. I, I don't want to put words in his mouth either. I'm just
1: guessing. I, I believe sad news, and not <gasps> not to not to out him in front of everybody, but I believe sad news that I was literally sent since the start of this episode is that Chris cannot anymore make it to the LGT. Mm. Watch a hundred tickets now get refunded. <laughs> I was only coming to meet Chris. <laughs>
0: wrong chris I'm, I'm there to meet chris uh, chris eustace Lee teddy i want to get check out all his knowledge on the law um <laughs> right uh okay 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 so we were going to cover some other stuff but it's getting on for four hours no. so we're going to call it there for this oh. week um we'll do some tournament stuff and move on uh clarence are you back again next week clarence
2: i Can be, yes. I should still be on work. yes.
0: That's the right answer, yeah. Uh, We've got Clarence, you know, through the summer while he's on on holiday, and then he'll go back into his little
1: Clarence, yeah. Yeah,
0: we've got to get the most out of him while he's here, right? Um, (laughs) So next week, uh, and I'm going to make this promise to you now. I said I wouldn't make this promise, but I'm making this promise to you now because Clarence has made this being like, I want to do this thing on stream, uh, and we haven't got there yet, so we're finally going to get there after all of this kind of like waiting uh we're gonna do some tier list stuff um about some various different things talk about them um and go through all the various different stuff so i've got three point this is the old one clarence before you worry what is
1: this clarence popular content that's not (laughs) what we do around here (laughs) we just talk for three hours or four hours um
0: so yeah we'll be doing stuff like this uh which clarence thinks is a really good idea um and i do concur. I'm not just saying he thinks it's a good idea. Blame him if it goes wrong. But also, do blame him if it goes wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, Carlo, are you about next week? Or is it. No. Yeah, Carlo's in in America again? <laughs> Carlo's going back to the US because he didn't get enough of it first time around. Uh, he's going back to the US uh, for two weeks mm-hmm yeah so we've got two more weeks without carlo which is to be honest now that he's given a 10 probably everybody's win um yeah. so uh yeah we'll be back doing that now uh like we would normally guys before we go let's have a little look we haven't covered what tournaments have run but obviously if you didn't know the polish event uh, team pivnica's event went on at the weekend uh the usual suspects ended up in well attended, right in yeah 20 like or 21 minutes. players i think
1: 30 yeah 20
0: something 20, i think something like that um and the usual suspects uh went on to win the event like Safurioku and, and suavek did very well uh, and it was uh it was a jesus christ it was a it was a free folk fest uh all of the top players in poland that you'd expect took free folk um something that we're not going to talk about of all of this <laughs> out of all of this one of the things that we aren't going to talk about too much is uh, Carlo's somewhat weird and delusional wet dream of Lannisters being second in the power rankings, <laughs> um,
4: which I think I wonder if to say
1: low.
0: I think that took everybody by surprise, uh, and that is partially in due to uh, Knights of Castle Rock trains and I think Warrior Sons getting some uh, some showing. But yeah, good to see Lannisters coming out of nowhere. Martels, which we talked about briefly, Carlo, they're holding their own. Uh, They're not dropping. They're they're gaining. Um, They are going into the meta, and they are proving that they are capable, uh, which is kind of what we were saying last week. Um, So that's good to see as well. Uh, Greyjoys are still really sad and a terrible uh, faction, but it's good news, because neutrals are not a faction anymore. Greyjoys are back to being a faction. Um, Yeah. Uh, Apart from that, then, Going to the tournaments. That was like the fastest rundown of the meta you've ever said. Free folk's still good, Lannisters may be good, Night's Watch are dropping, Martels are okay, Greyjoy's better, neutral shit. Right. Imagine I could do that. That could be tourney ground every week. Like literally that segment. <laughs> the hot takes. Hot takes, yeah. Um, right. So this week we have got kicking off. Um <laughs> I'll skip the wet part of the dream. Yes, I will do. I'll skip the details on that. Uh, Weekend at Craster's happening in uh, Sweden. We've got uh, Galatia Gear happening in Poland. It's a Polish event. It's, it it's, favorite part.
1: it's like the Carlo Zeros when Mickey tries to pronounce foreign words. <laughs> I
0: know, right? Uh, just at Acideo Gaming uh, having Madrid in Spain. We've got um, Einhara Summer Brawl in Denmark. We've got... Um, Black Knight Games, as a name I haven't heard in coming back for us in Ontario, Hamilton, Ontario. That's your way, Car. Are you Are you there, Carl?
2: I will be back. I'm on a short vacation, and then I should hopefully be able to attend Saturday.
0: Yeah. Awesome, awesome. That's great news. Um, we've got an event, uh, Calling the Banners, happening Um, in Pensacola. Uh, they've been running a lot of events on the site uh, recently in Pensacola, Florida. Feels like they're a name I'm saying a lot, which is, is honestly, it's great. Uh, Hegemon Warzone, running event again in Poland. We've got Winter is Coming sunday happening in poland as well we've got an event happening on in bad Moon cafe in london on sunday as well dream of sunday uh summer at london games day we've got an event happening in the cage of trolls a casual event <laughs> in quebec in canada uh that'll be the those quebec guys probably hopefully getting together maybe it's a different community good to see some more stuff and the other one which you've got to shout out starting next week or this coming week is adopticon this is the large online event that is being run on behalf of bob yeah trying to raise funds for bob's uh, adoption process um the last thing i'll leave us with here is this on screen um do consider signing up if you want to play in a tts event or even it's just uh you want it they're running at elo by the way now it's an elo event uh, for those of you interested, um, if you are interested, you know, go up, sign up, even if it's just a case of donating if you can, to to Bob's uh, GoFundMe to try and um, to try and really support him, uh, and you know, allow him to to kind of like do what he wants to do uh, for him and his family. Um, so leave that up on screen. But that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 events happening around the world this weekend. It's becoming a standard now that we're seeing that number, which is fantastic. Um, Yeah. Uh, Any last words from you guys?
2: Uh, Yeah, just keep having fun. Thanks for having me on again, folks. And uh, it was a pleasure, as always. You'll be here next week, I guess.
1: (laughs) Uh, Carly? Uh, Thanks for coming on, Uh, (laughs) Tyrants. And you? I'll be away for a few weeks, so uh, you know. Sorry if things break, guys! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'll see you guys soon, and then it'll be all guns blazing as we head towards the last final stretch to the OGT. Yeah. Uh, so, hopefully see as many of you as possible there.
0: Massively so. Um, one last shout again to Chris for that beautifully painted Waris Sun unit. If you didn't go check it out earlier in the episode, do check it out. Um, Again, best of luck to Bob and his processes there with the adoption. I really hope the event goes well and uh, he's able to raise some money for it. And uh, yes, enjoy your games this week, guys. And we will see you, me and Clarence,
4: next week. Take it easy.
3: Ready? Aim! There's too
0: many! Anyone see my
3: mammoth?
0: Ah! B.